There are a lot of conspiracy theories floating around, but one is the worst and most widespread by far. And this crackpot belief is getting people around the world killed in disturbing numbers. Those who buy into it are blissfully ignorant of the destruction they're enabling. They believe they're so smart and virtuous for believing in this easily debunkable theory. And they pat themselves on the back for being so clever as to get it when so many people are lost in the dark. Is it flat earth? Reptilian humanoids? Birds aren't real? Nope. The most dangerous and life-threatening conspiracy theory is that a group of demonstrated authoritarians, war criminals, crony corporations, Corporations, the global organizations this ruling class controls, and their well-armed enforcement class of aggressive, drunk-on-power, badge-wearing pawns are conspiring to serve humanity, despite clear evidence spanning not only decades but also centuries and thousands of years. But these unhinged conspiracy theorists disregard the realities of these criminals' blatant attacks on humanity, justice, freedom, and peace, with their fervent belief that actually they're helping us. This belief is actually based on spurious evidence and disinformation from the lips of politicians and the infotainment propaganda class that parrots their lies. According to this conspiracy, theory, these megalomaniacs are apparently doing their humanitarian work in secret, as available evidence demonstrates they could not care less about their subjects and are quite clearly out to empower and enrich themselves at the expense of the people they claim to serve and represent. This wild conspiracy theory hinges on hallucinations like we the people are the government. Despite the fact that there is one class of people that issues edicts under threat of force and another class that's expected to obey to prove their morality and virtue, it indulges a delusional and immoral belief that a tiny minority selected by less than half the population gets to rule over everybody else, even those who don't consent to these rulers, or even worse, don't believe in the institution's authority at all. This imaginary authority includes cultish rituals, funny costumes and badges, and words scribbled on paper and treated as religious texts. Belief in this conspiracy theory? That government authority, which hinges on its monopoly on violence even in a so-called democracy, is a force of good and those who wield it are conspiring to help us, enables staggering injustice, oppression, and violence. It's allowed the internment of Japanese Americans, the nuclear annihilation of hundreds of thousands of civilians, the imprisonment of anti war activists, slavery and segregation, the poisoning of civilian populations and those who work for the war machine, severe PTSD among those who work for the war machine, killing innocent people abroad for democracy and quote successful missions that actually create terrorists, thousands killed by police who place soldier with their taxpayer funded weapons of war, poisoned alcohol to help people during the failed alcohol prohibition era, and the enrichment of criminal, murderous, destructive cronies billed to the tax cattle. And this is in a country that at least pretends to support freedom and representation. Elsewhere, monarchs, dictators and other tyrants also posturing as stewards and protectors of the people have inflicted even more staggering suffering, quite often murdering their own people in the name of progress. Experts say those most at risk of falling prey to conspiracy theories have a deep need to feel special, to feel their opinion matters and their voice is unique. This conspiracy theory is no different, as those who believe it like to congratulate themselves for being smart and getting it. They love to mock and look down on those they believe are sheep and slaves to propaganda as their own blind ideology results in perpetual suffering. Of course, not all conspiracy theories are true and some can definitely be harmful, but they will never be as harmful or pervasive as the consequences of the belief in and obedience to violent authority. Yet I'm still waiting on the experts to start flagging content spreading this dangerous, life-threatening, harmful disinformation. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. I know you don't see me on screen there. Hold on one second. Okay, welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. You guys know that I am no stranger to controversy. I don't care if it's going to piss off every single person in my audience. If there's something that I think you should hear, I'm going to step in and, and tell you that. Uh, and tonight is certainly no exception. We have a, I think it's going to be a pretty eye-opening show for a lot of you guys 
to uh, to experience. And it started earlier this week when I came across a just by chance a a, a show from the BBC. James Bulligan uh, put together how the Holocaust began. Now he's a historian, a Holocaust expert at the Imperial War Museum in the United Kingdom. And you know, when we hear about the Holocaust, or at least the, the one that occurred in 1940s Germany, we think of the train cars, Auschwitz, the line taking human beings and putting them literally in the burn pile versus the, the slave labor pile in the work camps. But we don't really hear how it got to that point. And that's what I think is so brilliant about what James has done here. He's backed up, rolled back the clock a little bit, and he's shown, uh, pulled the covers back on, how did we get there? How did it get to that point? And it, it really was an eye-opener for me, um, seeing the steps that led up to this. And having spent the last three years looking at all of the things that have happened around this whole pandemic and the rollout of these so-called vaccines, which are really just gene transfection therapies, I saw a lot of parallels. And so we're going to walk through this and I'm going to, I've kind of weaved in to show you guys how what we're going through right now today is a modern day Holocaust. It is adapted. They've learned from what they did in Germany in the 1940s. Of course, longtime listeners will know that Hitler didn't die at the end of World War II. He escaped, made it down to Argentina, lived out his life, tried to uh, resurrect the Fourth Reich, failed to do so. And of course, the United States government picked up a lot of the Nazi scientists through Operation Paperclip. Werner von Braun is probably the most famous example, but he's not the only one. There were all kinds of scientists and uh, political thinkers and so forth that were brought over from the Third Reich and instilled into the American bureaucracy. Okay, so let's get started with that in mind. Now, there is, uh, I just want to warn some of you, there's some pretty sensitive clips in here. This one I'm about to play, it's, it's shorter than two minutes. At the end, there's an execution. It's from far back. There's people in a pit that are being shot in the head and, and killed. Uh, and then there's also one at the end. So if that's a little too sensitive for you, you might want to skip ahead, and I'll try and warn you on the, the later one. But, um, yeah, with that said, let's jump in here. If I say the word Holocaust, what springs to mind? Imagine something like this. A concentration camp barbed wire, trainloads of victims, gas chambers and crematoria. Places like Auschwitz and its system of mass murder. I think most of us assume that this was always the predetermined destination, designed from the outset in some great master plan of extermination. But it wasn't. There was no master plan for this. Its origins were chaotic and spontaneous. And improvised mass executions. It's believed that more than a million Jews were murdered in thousands of random killings that erupted all across Eastern Europe. In a Holocaust, of bullets 
This is a very real thing that happened. And um, the question is, how did it happen? What led people to allow it to get this bad? It began in earnest in the midst of Hitler's invasion of the Soviet Union in June 1941. Atrocities grew in scale and savagery. Until just six months later, bullets gave way to gas in the first death camps of the final solution. My name is James Bulgin. I'm a historian and Holocaust specialist at the Imperial War Museum. And this film tells a story that has never been fully told, of the crucial six months that ignited the Holocaust. I don't like that he calls it the Holocaust because it is a Holocaust. We're in a Holocaust right now. Okay, and of course, you know, here's the definition. Uh, there are three of them here. One is a great destruction resulting in extreme loss of life, especially by fire. The second one is the genocide of European Jews and other uh, groups by Nazis during World War II, which... That's not even an accurate definition, as we're going to learn tonight, because it was not just the Nazis who were doing these executions, this genocide. It was the locals. They got the locals to do this for. In fact, they could not have pulled this off without help, without collaborators, essentially. And we have the exact same situation going on today. What we have is, number three, a massive slaughter thanks to the rollout of these mRNA, experimental mRNA gene transfection therapies. Hitler had always envisaged a world free of his two great enemies, Jews and communists. By 1940, he'd conquered half of Europe and had millions of Jews rounded up and put in ghettos. His intention had always been to get rid of them entirely, but there was no concrete plan for how to do it. Now, I want to add here, having watched some other documentaries on Hitler, he was a very carefully curated and managed personality. So there were the intelligence agencies behind Hitler were the ones really, I think, calling the shots in a lot of ways. There is a one documentary where I think I can't remember the country, but there was a meeting on a train with Hitler. They always insisted on no recordings. Well, this other country snuck one in and managed to record him not in front of the public where he's doing his famous, ah, you know, long live journey, all the all the really excited yelling and so forth where he is talking normally and it's a totally different person from the public persona. And I think in a lot of ways, that's exactly what we have with Biden today. He is not the one calling the shots. He is a puppet being run, being driven, being controlled by the shadow government to push their agenda. Then in June, 1941, he set out to destroy his other great enemy. Bolshevik communism. 
So here they are now going to war. Of course, what's happening in Ukraine, exactly the same thing. We're going to touch on that here in a minute. But war allows atrocities to occur. It, it is used as a justification for despicable, horrible things. Hitler had always branded communism a Jewish conspiracy. So his invasion of the Soviet Union offered the perfect opportunity to target both enemies at once. Of course, Antifa, they're communists. The, most of the woke people, the, the liberal leftists, they are they, they espouse a communist ideology. So we're being really set up here for this same kind of game to play out for this contention amongst the masses. Right now, there's, I just watched a video on Twitter of 12 busloads of migrants heading up Highway 1. A lot of them have tuberculosis and other diseases and so forth, and they're going to be marched right across the border and into the United States. There's an estimated, I think it's 1 or 1.5 million uh, immigrants coming to America. Who's giving them, who's paying for these buses? Who's giving them the prepaid phones, the prepaid cards so that they can get things to eat along the way? Who's paying, buying them the airline tickets because they're coming in from all different countries before being bussed up? There is clearly an organized attempt, an agenda at play here that somebody with deep pockets is funding to what ends? I don't know, but I, I can guarantee you we're about to find out. Is it to steal the election by buying votes, bringing these people in, and now you get to do that? Is it to have foreigners that they can form into one of these groups, one of these forces that will come in and do these atrocities because these aren't my people. I'm just doing what I'm told. This is what I'm supposed to do. Of course, here's Ukraine being glorified by, uh, I forget which magazine it is. And here's the, the wife of Zelensky before she got the fake tits and the Gucci perch purse with, uh, you know, all the government money that the U.S. sent. Of course, I'd say taxpayer money, but you're not paying taxes for this. They're just printing it and stealing the value from all the circulating dollars. You pay for it when you go to the store and buy eggs that are $4 a dozen instead of $1.50. It states, in particular, the investment fund and of course, Seneca. What is Ukraine actually about? Well, remember we covered this when it, when uh, the Russian ambassador came out and gave a speech talking about what the bioweapons labs in Ukraine. I think that has a lot more to do with what this war is about than anything else. Which is headed by Hunter Biden. Rosemont Seneca Partners is the firm got tied the to the Biden, Biden family US tied in. Son. And the Russian Defense Ministry is listing uh, financial entities that are involved in these bio labs in Ukraine. Now, they also listed George Soros's Open Society Institute uh, and That's Open Society Foundations, uh, which are also involved with them, and uh, as well as the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine and the Ministry of Health of Ukraine uh, and the U.S. Department of Threat Reduction. Uh, 
Um, all of them seem to be tied in with these bio labs. Um, and it appears that, uh, that, that Rosemont Seneca partners, uh, the reason that they would be involved is because they have a relationship with Metabiota and Black and Beach, which are main suppliers of Pentagon bio lab materials. Now, uh, Moscow is also coming forward and saying, uh, that it appears these biolabs are connected uh, with institutions uh, and research organizations that are related to nuclear missiles. This is what was said. The scale of the program is impressive. In addition to the military, the U.S. agencies for international development, the George Soros Foundation, and the Center for Disease Prevention Control are directly involved in its implementation. Scientific supervision is carried out by leading research organizations, including the Los Alamos National Laboratory, which developed nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project. All these activities are carried out under the full control of the Pentagon. Now, the over 30 biolabs are accused by Russia of being involved in weapons development and trying to develop biological weapons. Now, the USA denies this and insists they are simply research facilities. Um, and we did hear acknowledgement of these facilities' existence from U.S. Undersecretary uh, Victoria Nuland. Ukraine has... Uh biological research facilities we are working with the ukrainians that that tweet by the way or that comment from her by the way lasted about a week before they came out and said uh first they denied it i think and then they said okay no it's true but it's just for research and of course what do we know when they outlawed the offensive development of biological weapons all they did was go through all all of their statement of works and change it from offensive to defensive now we're doing this to protect us this is for your own safety on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh russian forces should they approach and this the is why that, they're worried uh, that because she expressed this concern about their possibly getting into the hand because they're not research materials it's not defensive it's offensive because there is an agenda at play here and this founder of the club of rome i think puts it very eloquently in one way or another we are so far globally you are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that i know no. in one way or another it's going to come back down so i don't no. hope we're not even close to that yet to avoid that, uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way, mm -hmm. I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a... Not loading people onto train cars and putting them into gas chambers or shooting them in open pits kind of way? Is that what you mean? A special way. I, peaceful. Oh. Peace doesn't mean... Uh, that everybody's happy. No. But it means that con people probably aren't going to like it that they've been injected with a shot that's going to kill them over the next 10, 20 years. But I, I mean, at least it'll be peaceful and they won't be able to tie it back to you. Conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, uh, but Maybe rather coercion. in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for. With, as um, I've said, that we many, many times on this show, we are in a holocaust. They have swapped the gas chambers and the bullets for soft kill, delayed reaction injectables. Can, I mean, 
the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. So see, you know, we just need to get rid of six out of seven people right now, depending on, you know, how do you, if you want, if you like, do you like liberty? Do you want more liberty? Okay, we're going to, we're going to have to kill six, but you might be one of the ones that gets to live. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion probably if we have but a very strong dictatorship. Which we're going to need your 15 minute cities. We're going to have to put you in those. We're going to not let you leave them very often. You have to have special permission from us while we're traveling around in our jets, telling you what you need to do to save the planet. Which is smart. It's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, mm. But if you had a smart dictatorship then you could and then a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we Sorry. want to have freedom to and we want everybody. to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow. You know, like with a spike protein oh, that has some HIV inserts in it, HIV epitopes, like the four that we talked about years ago on the, on the binding sites, the three corners of this sort of what I describe as a flower. And what do those do? Well, right here. Let me blow that up so I can see it. So you've got the first one, which is designed to cross the blood-brain barrier. Because, see, they know this. They know all of these things because they spent, this is um, Charles Rixley, I believe, that uh, went and did this research and knows that they've spent billions of dollars hundreds of thousands of hours learning what each and every single component of HIV does. And they pulled out these four and put them into SARS-CoV-2, right? And the first one crosses the blood brain barrier. The second one, okay. The, the first one, which by the way, let me back up here is, uh, the red. And those are the, the little red pieces here around the outside on those, those points, and the second one is for T-cell infection, okay? He talked about the DC sign, which is the third one down there, binding site to evade immunosurveillance. I think that it, or yeah, immunosurveillance, so that they can actually take and hitch a ride onto the dendritic cells to then go and infect the T-cells. So this is not like something that just sort of all happened to snap together in one weird mutation, these were inserts that were stuck in there. The last one, number four, PRRA, that is the uh, furin cleavage site, and it has super antigenic properties. It it's, makes it very deadly, right? Of course, what do we know? Ralph Barrick was funded by Fauci to do something called, uh, let me, hold on, let me turn that back off, seamless ligation, which is a technique where these inserts could be stuck into the SARS-CoV-2 virus 
without leaving the fingerprints to show that that's what was done. So they literally pulled out these HIV epitopes. They know exactly what each one did because they've been developing and doing this bioweapons research for decades. And they found a way to do these inserts, cover their tracks so that they could make this, oh, it's a natural evolution. Of course, who determined that? Well, Fauci got his buddy, Peter Daszak, the, the CIA cutout that runs EcoHealth, to go over and get to the bottom of it. And what's the first thing he tells his team? This lab leak theory is nonsense. We're going to focus on the zoonosis and look at that. Of course, we know from the FOIA request that there were scientists raising these exact concerns back here about these HIV inserts. And they were dismissed and shut down. They were attacked. This paper that this uh, slide here is from was the guy was pressured and forced to retract it, even though it's absolutely factually correct. So there is this longstanding program. This is not something that just popped up, folks. They have been putting these pieces in place for decades, and that is so critical for you to understand. We're going to look at influenza and the whole vaccines because that's bioweapons development too. Okay, and I'm going to show you some of that in a minute, but let's just take a quick look at like what this is doing. Well, right here is from Jicky Leaks. Following Placentagate revelations, NHS Scotland shows a sustained 25% rise in terminations since the COVID vaccination rollout in pregnant women. And you can see the chart right here. Let me make that full screen for you guys. Starting back about 2022, it goes above the baseline. You have this major rise and it is staying there. Now, what are these? Well, these are miscarriages. Basically, uh, before the baby gets to full term, they're terminating it. And we've got some more data on this that we're going to look at later in the show. But I just wanted to show you that this is absolutely happening. And I think it is definitely as a result of these shots. Not just of these shots, but the HIV inserts, uh, this whole bioweapons development program. This is not something that just came about by accident. So on the 24th of June, two days after the German invasion of the Soviet Union, the commander in this area, a man whose name was Burma, instructed that 200 Jews should be rounded up and that they should be brought here and they should be shot. We tend to think of military orders within the German army at this period as all coming from the top. The people at the top telling the people on the ground what to do. But that's not what happens here. And that's really important because actually what happens is people on the ground, like Burma, take their own initiative. Hitler has always wanted to remove Jews from Europe. And here, these men take the initiative to, to interpret that in the most radical way possible. To interpret that as an instruction to murder. Okay. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. People who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. About this in a world of threats and tyrants and terror you know what our biggest enemy is in america our fellow americans 
because they are the ones that are propagating this outbreak. Being frustrated that there is still a percentage of the population are, who are not vaccinated. I wish that he would go further to restrict mm. the activities of the unvaccinated. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... That's... That 25% can cause a lot of damage, and they are. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. Well, you know, it's my rights. and but, Okay. <laughs> but I don't care. The pandemic of the unvaccinated. Thank God we're not repeating those mistakes, huh? And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. Freedom not to follow the facts, even if your freedom kills people? What kind of freedom is that? What kind of freedom do they really want? We have a pandemic because of the unvaccinated, and they're sowing enormous confusion. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, are overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or... Of course, one of the big lies during the whole pandemic was that, oh, the ICUs are full. Well, folks, they don't build the ICUs. They're very expensive. They don't build them to run empty. They build them to run at about 80% capacity, okay? And this whole idea, of course, you know, we remember Deborah Conrad going in and actually checking the charts of eight patients, and I think it was four or six of them were actually vaccinated, even though there were their records that the CDC would pick up and use to report on this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Their records were incorrect. They were vaccinated. They were being reported as unvaccinated. And the only way that she found out was actually asking them, are you vaccinated? Cancer. Shouldn't they have to pay more into the system because they are collapsing our health system? They're the ones in the ERs. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. It's almost like it's going to be two Americas. Yeah. Yeah. The Jews and everyone else. Of course, the media plays a role in this too. This is a great chart that just came out. You can see here, this is a show in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. And about 2011, their citations for racism included in their stories just skyrocketed. All of a sudden, took off. Why is that? What do you think the agenda at play here is? Or did, did racism suddenly become a problem in 2011? Or did they make people think that it was a problem because that's really what it looks like here. When you look at the next chart, you can see that white liberals were the most swayed. How big is racism? How big of a problem is racism today? It was running around 40% uh, in 2010 before this campaign started, and then it moved all the way up to 80%. But as you go more towards conservative, it, it uh, goes down to about 60%. And then you can see with white conservatives, it starts to go up and then I think they kind of wise up to the game and then it starts to tank and nosedive back down. But that is certainly the agenda. We're seeing it today with this Michael Jackson guy like, oh, look, he's dancing like Thriller. 
course, there's other videos where he's threatening to beat the shit out of people on the streets. And, uh, you know, did he fall through the cracks? Yeah, absolutely. Is it good what happened to him? No, it's, it's really sad and tragic. I don't think the guy that, that choked him to death was a hero by any means. At the same time, people are being terrorized on these subways because the system is failing to protect them. And instead of actually fixing that, addressing the real problems, they're manipulating and gaslighting people into turning against one another so that they can be used, so that, so that that anger can be used by the state, by the establishment, to guide people and force them down the road they want them to go down. There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication mm -hmm. in this country. In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. FCC wasn't great, but it's still regulating the broadcast industry. You right. can't use vulgar language. You can't do all these things with speech. We gave over our, uh, what amounts to our airwaves or our Internet waves to Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. And we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen mm -hmm. that with the 2016 election mm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from <laughs> Russia and say, Of course, what else was he doing? Funding the drop boxes, funding these cities with millions of dollars in order to put these drop boxes in so that they could do the mail fraud. But CNN, the anchors at CNN, they're not going to talk about that, are they? It's those, those billionaires, they're the problem because that's the narrative that they're pushing. Oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election. Mm. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. Oh, you know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people, <laughs> no, I'm serious. What he means by we can't think anymore, we can't control the way you think anymore. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gates of hell and now they're chasing us down. Wait, we gotta get it. What he means by you need, he means we need. We need to maintain control of what acceptable thought is in this country. And of course, right about that time, what was going on? Oh, here was me getting banned off of Twitter before Elon Musk actually took over. Right after I posted a video, did a live stream about COVID shots damaging our fertility. Of course, now we're seeing that 100% that's confirmed by the pre-impairment loss, which we're gonna get into a little bit more, these early miscarriages. Babies are, are developing with deformities, with problems causing mothers to abort in increasing numbers, and it's getting worse over time. And this starts a process of mass murder that spreads like wildfire across the... So unlike the Holocaust of 1940s, of 1940s Europe, we're not lining people up and shooting them in pits or running them into gas chambers, we've given them delayed reaction soft kill injectables that leave them unable to have children, that leave them with myocarditis or neurodegenerative diseases that leave them dying suddenly, peacefully, 
very humanely in their bed asleep. They go to bed one night and they just don't wake up. It's good. It's for the greater good. It's for the planet because, you know, we've got to get the numbers, the population down to a billion people. And right now, we're what, seven, eight billion? That's too many. This is the humane way to go. And actually, there's this great monologue in the BBC series Utopia that I tried to find. I couldn't find it. But the guy makes this just really compelling speech for this idea that like, look, if we don't do anything, the system's going to crash, spiral out of control, and it's chaos, and it's even worse. So this is the humane way to go. And that is how these people think about this situation. That is what they absolutely believe. This whole territory and the numbers grow, and they grow, and they grow. Hitler's head of security was SS chief Heinrich Himmler. Himmler had created special killing squads called Einsatzgruppen to follow in the wake of the army and eradicate Hitler's political enemies. Capitalizing on Burma's initiative, his deputy Heydrich issued an instruction that any Jew working for the communist state must be shot. Now, listen to this guy. Remember him? That's Gaddafi. He was such a bad guy that in Libya, he gave his people the highest standard of living in the Middle East. And totally coincidentally, he also developed, was planning to deploy a gold-backed dinar for the Middle East to use in trading, which would have really threatened the hegemony of the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. So thankfully, Hillary Clinton and the U.S. government went in there murdered him, murdered his sons, murdered a bunch of civilians, blew a bunch of shit up, and then laughed about it. What did he say before that happened? Anyone know? Let me translate. I believe there will be many viruses in the future. Companies are working hard to create them, especially private intelligence agencies. It's obvious that the business, that it is a business because the vaccinations are so expensive. They create a virus that they spread around the world so that cat. Oh shit. Hold on. <laughs> I need to back up. So that capitalistic companies can make massive profits. How is this possible? The virus is threatening uh, the existence of mankind. Yeah, hold on. Uh, shouldn't the vaccine be free and available to everyone? Read the green book. I've talked about it there. We shouldn't have to pay for vaccinations. They should be free. If the vaccines are free, you will see that many of these unknown viruses will stop appearing and spreading. Even if there is a real virus that is threatening mankind, the whole world should cooperate to evolve, create a vaccine that will be free of charge. So, what do you think he knew that you guys don't? And of course, Jicky has tweeted about this multiple times, and we're going to look at some data later as we go through this, 
showing that this is exactly what's happening. Influenza disappeared 2020, 2021, and then came roaring back in 2022 all of a sudden. Why? Why? Did the virus just stop evolving? Did SARS-CoV-2 outcompete it like they said? No, it didn't. They stopped releasing it because they were making so much bank on the SARS-CoV-2 gene therapies that they were pushing on everyone. In Latvia, there are more than 70 suspected Holocaust sites. Most are yet to be fully explored. The same is true in neighboring Lithuania with more than 200 suspected sites. Sorry, folks, I got a call from my daughter, so had to take that one. Okay. In fact, let me just roll that back and play that again. I apologize. In Latvia, there are more than 70 suspected Holocaust sites. Most are yet to be fully explored. The same is true in neighboring Lithuania with more than 200 suspected sites. So people start turning up dead during the Holocaust in 1940s, right? And they say, well, the, the skeptics would sit there and say, well, that's not happening today, Sam, because, you know, we have scientists evaluating safety signals, looking for lots of people dying. Clearly, people are not dying because they didn't raise the alarm. That's what VAERS is for. It's an early warning system to give us safety signals to go and study. And then if, if there's a problem, we would, sh we, we would have shut it down. Well, let me show you how that worked out. Now we have uh, internal emails that really paint a, a full picture of what was going on with the vaccine adverse event reporting system during the COVID-19 rollout. That's the VAERS system. In Inc., this contract says this. Uh, it's the description of work for which they're getting $35 million for. It says the contractor shall implement a staffing and operations plan focusing only on vaccine adverse events, reports after SARS-CoV-2 vaccines. The total number of reports received during periods of peak activity, which are not expected to reflect sustained activity, is expected to be 1,000 reports per day with up to 40% of the reports serious in nature. Wow. So let's let's hold on a second here. They're expecting basically about almost 700% more reports during this time for COVID. And they said only 5% beforehand from 2014 to 2018, only 5% were serious. We're expecting about 40%. So what did they know? Wow. That's the first question there. What's Especially going on? as we know that they're promoting to us, it's perfectly safe, thoroughly tested, and Even behind for pregnant the women. scenes are saying, brace for it, we're going to see a 700% increase in the daily amount of reports, and a, a majority, you know, almost a majority are going to be serious. That's crazy. And that 700% increase of to 1,000 reports a day, that was blown out of the water in the first week. It peaked at over 4,000 reports per day. They were grossly understaffed to take this, and they developed a backlog of over 40,000 reports that weren't getting processed into the system. So how were they looking at safety signals? The simple answer is they weren't. They were lying through their fucking teeth 
telling us that these were safe and effective and everything's fine and we don't see any problems. Meanwhile, they are completely swamped by all of the reports of injuries. And they knew beforehand that these were going to be more serious than anything they had seen before. That's what that 5% to up to 40% of the reports being serious adverse events were. And they were, and that was a 700% increase, blew that out of the water. But this is fine, y'all. This is fine. Of course, what are we getting at the same time? Here's some of the language from these guys. This is Gorski. The reason anti-vaxxers fetishize VAERS as the definitive be-all and end-all of vaccine safety databases is because it's so easily distorted and weaponized by anti-vax cranks like talking about Steve Kirsch. I've been writing about how anti-vaxxers misuse and misinterpret VAERS since 2006. <laughs> okay. Well, David, how are they looking at the safety signals that they couldn't even process all of them? Why were they telling us that everything was fine when they had a backlog of 40,000 reports they couldn't even review? What seems extraordinary is that there was a single Einsatzgruppe team of fewer than a thousand men to account for an estimated quarter of a million deaths across both countries. There's only one way that was possible, and it's one of the most disturbing aspects of this entire story. Widespread local complicity. Of course, we have exactly the same thing going on today. I showed you earlier the clips of them talking about two classes of people and the unvaccinated. They're the ones threatening and endangering all our lives. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Those were the leaders at the top that he was describing earlier, pushing out the hateful rhetoric. And then the people lower down just sort of fell in line and went along with it because they wanted to keep their jobs. Here's a perfect example of that. We were doing shift change one morning, so the night crew goes off, the day crew comes on. We take a report from the night crew. They had just come from a jumper, and we said, well, we'll help you clean things up. And it was just around the corner. It was from an eight-story building, and they had told us about the call. There really wasn't any anything left to transport. Um, later that day, um, my partner and I received a call from public health that the patient early that morning from that address had been swabbed for COVID and tested positive. And I said, well, we looked back and I said, oh, that was the, the night crew that had the jumper. And I said, I don't understand how that would, what would you swab? Like you would, did you bring a spatula? I, I, this doesn't make any sense. That patient wasn't in a condition to swab, but they, they assured me that that was a, a COVID positive case. Um, you certainly don't have to have medical training to understand the cause of death from jumping out an eight story building. Now, ironically, we're going to listen to one of the spaces chats of this group of hate-filled uh, vax pushers. And one of the things they say, well, VAERS has suicide reports in it. We know those are fake. Of course, here's firsthand account of an actual suicide being swabbed for SARS-CoV-2, put through their 45-cycle PCR test, which 
you know, might show infection, but it's not even really showing uh, a meaningful infection. You know, it could, they, they amplify it so much, you could be just picking up some old fragment of SARS-CoV-2 in there, and they're counting that as a COVID death. We saw the same thing with motorcycle accidents, car accidents, all kinds of ridiculous deaths that were clearly not SARS-CoV-2 being counted as COVID deaths to drive the narrative. Nobody was there forcing them to do this. These were lower level people pushing the lie because that was the easy thing to do to just go along, go ahead. I know it doesn't make sense, but it's what I'm being told to do. This is Butramonis, where most of the victims lived. Its historic heart lies empty because that September day, 740 Jews, 80% of the town's population, were murdered. The question is, who by? The killers were Lithuanian killer squad from Alitus, coming to get rid of the Jews. So we're talking about Lithuanians killing yes. of the Lithuanians? Yes, but they, they are not, they were, those the killers were not neighbors of those Jews. But those the policemen and the partisans were neighbors of the Jews were killed. Yes. And the whole process throughout has been managed by these people's neighbors? The people yes. doing the roundup. Yes, preparation was managed by people's neighbors, but killing was done by somebody coming from but outside. all Lithuanians? Yes. From another town nearby? Yes. And Simple fact is, a thousand troops couldn't go into one country and kill 250,000 people without help, without people willing to be complicit in this. And just like today, we don't have people being dragged out of their homes or taken from their homes, marched off into the woods and being shot to death. But we do have them being silenced, losing their practice, ability to practice medicine, being stripped of their certifications like uh, Peter McCullough and so many others, being fired from their jobs, not just fired from their jobs, but fired from their careers. And we have a system that works on massive amounts of debt so that these guys have quarter, half million dollars in student loans to pay back. And if they don't go along with this, they are going to get fired, not just fired, but f removed from the profession. They won't be able to go to another hospital. They won't be able to open their own practice because they are being stripped of their medical license by these boards who are complicit in this genocide. They, they're the ones who do the shooting. They're yes. the ones with their fingers and on the And after the shooting, the neighbors are taking the property. Wow. That's quite a thought, isn't it? And then they move into the houses around here, presumably they take over the town and all the Jews are gone. Yes. Just take your job. In one it's night. Okay. In one night. I'm willing to go along. I'm willing to do what they say because I'm scared. I don't want to give up my million dollar house and the Mercedes and my hot wife with the big tits and the vacations that we take. I don't want to have to drive around in a Toyota and live in a crappy apartment and make $50,000 a year. I like this lifestyle. I'm just going to go along with it. That's what's unfolding. And it is the exact same psychology in play in the 1940s that is still going on today. When the vaccine injured go to their doctors and they get gaslit and told, oh, this isn't the vaccine. 
Most of those show up in the first 14 days. Of course, it's not a vaccine and it's not even a valid comparison. It's a gene transfection therapy given repeated doses over a long interval with encapsulated in a toxic lipid nanoparticle. But I mean, you know, it's all fine, right? It is entirely proper and necessary for, in many cases, for employment to be denied to people who refuse to take the vaccine. It is entirely proper for health care to be denied, in many cases, for people who refuse to take the vaccine. The vaccine, after all, any vaccine, is not to protect yourself only. It is to protect the other people, all other people, who may catch the virus from you. Certainly, healthcare workers have a right to be protected from patients who refuse to take the vaccine and could transmit the virus to them. Certainly, teachers have the same right. Certainly, everybody else has the same right. Of course, we know all of this is a lie because the vaccine gene transfection therapy didn't prevent infection, didn't prevent spread. So if you take it, you're not protecting anybody. That was complete bullshit. What it did was mask symptoms. So you might actually be a super spreader carrying a heavy viral load, but because you don't have symptoms, you don't know it, and you're out in the community infecting others. But do you see what they did here? They turned it around. If you didn't take this, this shot, you're the killer. You're the threat. You're the one that needs to be shunned from society and the people just bought it completely bought it that is why every school district in the country so far as i know requires before children can start kindergarten that they be vaccinated for diphtheria for whooping cough for several other diseases of course, that's all based on lies, too. I finally watched Vaxxed, which is, if you don't know, Dell uh, Big Tree from the High Wire and ICANN, uh, which is the 501c3 that funds the High Wire. That was the film that he put out years ago. What did it show? He had a whistleblower from the CDC come to him and say, look, we were doing this trial on, uh, it was one of the MMR um, vaccines, and the outcome did not look so good. Like it didn't, it showed that it wasn't working. So what did they do? They figured out, well, how can we change? They had a meeting where they actually discussed how do we manipulate this study to make it look like there's a benefit when one clearly didn't exist. And in the end, they decided to just destroy the study, destroy federal documents. This is, these are all crimes. Delete all the data. This one guy saved it, handed it over to Dell and that's how we know this even happened. So they've been lying about these vaccines, which are not even really vaccines. They're weapons, bioweapons development programs that they're unleashing on us in the name of saving you, protecting you, just like he's sitting here misrepresenting the threat to us all. Not just to protect them, but to protect their classmates and their teachers. Nope. Kids, clear the virus super fast. They were not spreaders. That was another lie. Oh, and that's the end of the clip. <laughs> and of course, you know, it doesn't matter 
how absurd the arguments remember this one where they took restaurants and because dining was banned indoors they moved outside but because it was cold they set up tents and then put heaters inside and then did uh inside outside but you know that was all fine because it didn't violate the rules come on this was absurd why did people go along with this why was this allowed because it's not about the virus it's about compliance when the nazis come into these territories they find in various different ways and in various different capacities different people who are prepared to support it to support it sometimes to allow it to happen but sometimes to become directly involved to become the people who are the people with their fingers on the trigger and you know we don't have people with their fingers on the trigger we have medical boards with the ability to kick you out of the profession, saddle you, leave you saddled with six-figure debt that you'll never be able to pay back. And of course, because the banks are in bed with the government who has allowed education inflation to just go off the charts insane, they've made it so that money will be taken out of your Social Security if you don't pay it back. Because they're in bed together. It's so absolutely insane. But people, the skeptics are like, oh, come on, you're telling me everybody's compromised? Yes, this is how. Cross the board. The whole system has been weaponized against us to be able to push a narrative regardless of what it is, regardless of how stupid it is. It's so important to remember that the Nazis were at the center of this but they didn't act alone. And he's actually, this view down that we're looking at here, for those of you watching on video, these were pits. They dug these long trenches, shot people, dumped them, you know, put them in the pit, shot them, filled it in, and then just kept going and kept going. And these are long stretches, and there are teams out there with GPR, ground-penetrating radar, uh, uncovering these and finding these mass grave sites all around Europe. And in this case, in this town that we're talking about here, the, um, the monument that they built for the, to, for the Holocaust sort of memorial, not even in the right place. It's not even here. The bodies are right there under his feet. They required the active participation of hundreds of thousands of people. They couldn't have done it without that. So, oh, I forgot what I was going to talk about. All I can think about is motorboating for some reason. Come on. So, this only makes sense to the people on video, but yeah. All right, let me keep going. So, how did they do this, right? Right here from Jicky. Fun fact, if or actually let's start below that. At the bottom, Mark McDougall is saying, uh, and AHPRA, now that's the AHPRA Australian... Um, Healthcare Providers Association. It's basically a registry for people engaging in the practice of medicine, you know, the monopoly that allows the government to control what's 
allowed and what's not in the practice of medicine. And uh, he's pointing out here, let me go back to that, AHPRA threatened to threaten them with retribution if they did inform patients of any possible adverse side effects. And Jicky's retweeting that saying, fun fact, the person that drove the AHPRA uh, edict of the 9th of March, 2021, which prohibited doctors in Australia from warning patients about the dangers of novel mRNA LNP technology was the head of the pharmacy board. So, here you, and, and of course, there's four documents here that he's showing. He knows this because he filled out a FOIA request. And guess what? They decided it was not in the public interest for us to see those emails. So there were six documents, I believe it was, that were sent between the AHPRA and the pharmacy board. And we don't get to see what was said. And then shortly after... Doctors start getting threatened. You better go along or we're going to kick you out of the profession, leave you saddled with six-figure debt, and then you can figure life out. So guess what? Most of them went along with the atrocities, just like back in 1940s Europe. Reality is this. In my whole career, looking at all of the drugs and knowing about many different drugs that are prescribed, I've never seen something, when you look at the data, which has such poor effectiveness and such unprecedented harms in my career. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, I, uh, which was simultaneously promoted heavily. Not just promoted, it coerced, yeah. mandates. Exactly. Exactly. In the trials that led to the approval by the regulators, we'll get into regulators in a minute, around the world, you were more likely to suffer a serious adverse event from taking the vaccine, hospitalization, disability, life-changing event, than you were to be hospitalized with COVID. So what that means is... More harm than good. It's highly likely this vaccine, mRNA vaccine, should never have been approved for a single human in the first place. And that rate of serious adverse events, Joe, is 1 in 800. And it's at least 1 in 800 because that just covers the first two months of the trial. It, um, in general, what happens is drug companies design trials where they choose people who are less likely to get side effects, so they're generally healthier, right? And then because it's the first no two months, and I found a mechanism of harm with accelerated heart disease, like my dad died six months after two doses of the vaccine. And we have autopsy studies now showing that that, that's what's hap that can happen several months after. And that's the um, German pathologist. We've covered those slides. Spike protein in all the tissues, in your testes, in your heart, liver, spleen, kidneys, all over, loaded with spike. And of course, Walter uh, Chestnut, who's been doing a lot of research, he thinks, you know, we also, we have the, the fact that when the body comes with the enzymes to break down the spike, some of those pieces are prions, which are like little cluster bombs that go around and kill cells. But Walter's thinking the spike itself in its complete form might actually be a functional prion. And we're seeing it in the autopsies of people who are dying suddenly, just loaded everywhere um yeah 
it's it's just it's it beggars belief it does how did we get here of course what's going on in the united kingdom uh uk sees record sickness and zero productivity growth in 2022 why is everybody getting sick i read another article about um embalmers and um people doing autopsies they can't find enough people of course can't find enough pilots can't find enough uh, restaurant workers can't find can't find people anywhere when we look at the disabilities it's up seven figures above the baseline and the skeptics will point to well yeah but all-cause mortality is is uh low so therefore there is no problem and you're making all this up sam well we're going to address that later on okay but right here, I want to go back to the author, Ruta Vangita. She wrote the book on the Holocaust and actually told the truth. And I want you to see what happened to her. My book about the Holocaust was published. It became a bestseller, but the reaction was very violent. Some people accepted it, but majority of uh, my nation didn't accept. And I became like enemy of the country because I was like defaming my own people. And uh, they called me a, a Jewish whore. So in the end, when you know people were attacking me and spitting at me on the street, I endured. And in the long run, I had to leave the country for a while until they forgive, not forgive me, but forget me a little. So tell the truth and you become the Jew. What's happening today? You see the messages I get on Twitter? I've been called racist, anti-Semitic, Holocaust denier. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, and lately, the latest one, violent domestic extremist. Right. So this is UK government data. So table four, it says numbers. Need Meanwhile, here's the facts. Here's what the data is actually showing. It's vaccinate for prevention of severe hospitalization. Okay. From two doses of Pfizer. So if you look at the first column, Joe, if you're 70, you have to vaccinate 2,500 people to prevent one person being hospitalized with severe COVID. If you're 60, 5,700, you start getting lower age groups, 30, 87,600, for example. If you're 20 to 29, over 100, well over 100,000 people. I mean, this efficacy level, effectiveness level is just, it's, it, it, if it wasn't it's so garbage. serious, it would be laughable. And this is just to prevent severe hospitalization. Yes. Again, it, it does not stop infection. It does no. not ch stop transmission. Absolutely not. And so there is some benefit of preventing severe hospitalization? Well, well yes. Mm, but the thing is, this really. is what we call non-randomized data. And remember okay. earlier on, I said to you that if you were unvaccinated in general, you were higher risk than people who were vaccinated. Someone called healthy user bias. Right. Right. And, you know, we talked about this through the whole pandemic. There is a temporary protective effect that these shots provide, right? But what happens? Well, it wears off and then it starts to wane and goes down and you don't just stop at zero. This is what the UK HSA and the, um, oh, there's another age, um, P public health Scotland data showed that the people who got the shots and then didn't go get another one their their protection against covid would decline and go back to zero but it wouldn't stop there it would keep going 
and then they would become two times, one time, three times, five times more likely to catch COVID. And with each successive shot, they'd get another protective effect, another bump for a while, but it would be of shorter duration and it would degrade faster and faster with each additional shot. Then you're dealing with what's being described here, all of the adverse events. With each shot, you get you roll the dice again and see if you get one of the unlucky rolls and you end up with myocarditis, pericarditis, neurodegenerative disease, sudden death, whatever. Good luck. So Carl Hennigan, who's a director of Center of Evidence-Based Medicine, Oxford, and also a general practitioner, talked about the fact that he had a couple of patients who had terminal cancer, for example, and didn't get vaccinated. And then they end up dying of COVID because they were already sicker. What, what I'm saying to you, Joe, is this is likely an exaggerated benefit, mm. right? But when you balance that against the harms, which are consistent of at least one in 800 after two doses, and there is some evidence that the more doses you have, the higher those harms become, it becomes a no-brainer. I mean, if you ask it now, if I was to ask a, a, an ice patient, this, even older patients, this, if I would give them that information in that way, Joe, most people would not take it. So um, there's the informed consent issue. But then there is the fact that, you know, we consider vaccines to be completely safe traditionally. 1-800 is a very, very high figure. Um, we, we've pulled other vaccines for much less. 1976, swine flu vaccine was pulled because it was found to cause a debilitating neurological condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome in about 1 in 100,000 people. Rotavirus vaccine pulled in 1999, suspended because it was found to form, uh, cause a form of bowel obstruction in kids in 1 in 10,000. This is at least 1-800. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. So the question then is, why have we not paused it? What's going on here? And I think the barrier that we've got, Joe, to deal with, with a lot of people who are not enlightened or is awake or familiar or understanding this information, it's a psychological barrier. It's not an intellectual one. Mm. Bingo. Right? This is willful blindness. You know, a concept, a psychological phenomenon, which we're all capable of in different circumstances where human beings turn a blind eye to the truth in order to feel safe, avoid conflict, reduce anxiety, and protect prestige and fragile egos. And that six-figure salary, seven-figure salary. It's called cognitive dissonance, I think is the word that he was actually looking for there, where you refuse to see the truth because your paradigm depends on it being false. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to roll the dice here and we'll jump over to Twitter spaces, uh, night and day. You've got your hand up. You want to chime in? Go ahead, sir. Well, unless I've got you. Hello. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying about all the, um, the vaccines, I mean, I, I've got type 2 diabetes, and then I, I didn't want to have the uh, vaccine, but I went and got the first one, and I had um, AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. But then when, when I finally got ready to get in the second one, they, they wouldn't give me AstraZeneca because they, they stopped giving it to people over 45. So they wanted to give me the uh, the Pfizer one, but I, I, I refused that because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to have like, the two different vaccines. And I want to right. know like, why... They give me the first one, and then it stops. They won't give me the same one for the second time because they stopped giving it to over 45, which I think is totally bizarre. 
Yeah, I, I, I just want to add to that. I mean, they came out and told people, yeah, perfectly safe to just mix and match whatever based on zero studies, yeah. no science whatsoever there. They right. were I, I absolutely... Could, I could everybody. Go yeah. ahead. They got, they got, they got made 4,000 miles apart, and then they told me it's all right to put that one and that one together, and it, it, was, it just didn't compute in my head. You were like, no, that's not right, that's all right. I thought we... And I kept getting assholes, I kept getting texts, and they kept phoning me because I've got like type 2 diabetes, but I just blatantly wouldn't have... And I, I've just got that one, I've just got the one AstraZeneca in me. <laughs> they give me that one, and they say, you can't have any more, and then it's like, well, why'd you give me that one in the first place? So, yeah, yeah. That, that's just my, that, that's my view on that, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Okay, yeah. thank you. Appreciate you chiming in. Yeah, you know, my brother took the J&J, came home with chills and sweats, and really had a rough time. Of course, nobody put his vaccine injury into theirs. They're going to, the, the skeptics later that we're going to listen to, they're going to talk about how that was totally overreported because COVID got so much attention. Bullshit. Bullshit. There are so many people who were harmed by these shots, don't even know what VAERS is, never reported it. This is what we see is the tip of the iceberg. Every study they've ever done says it's underreported by one to 10%, meaning there's 110 to 100 to one injuries to reports. Now, COVID might be a little higher, especially as the words started getting out and more people started submitting reports, but it doesn't even scratch the surface. The signals were there. They ignored them. It blew their expectations out of the water, even though they were already expecting a 700% increase. That got blown out of the water the first week. And they had a backlog they couldn't even process. And then in the face of that, they came out to us and told us, we see no problems. Everything is absolutely fine. The CDC, they didn't investigate. We, we covered this story. They didn't investigate the first death reported in bears until they had 5,000, I think it was 5,200 and, and change uh, deaths reported in bears before they investigated the first case. So they have just been gaslighting and lying to the public saying whatever they need to. And it's no different, literally no different than what happened in the Holocaust. And of course there were other factors here. Here's another one right here. This is from Maggie Thorpe. To expose the transfer of public monies from uh, medical NGOs during the pandemic, she did a FOIA request to the HHS and the CDC regarding the American College of OBGYN. This is ACOG. ACOG holds itself out as the premier professional membership organization for OBGYNs and um, uh, obstetrician and gynecologists. The the college produces practice guidelines for healthcare professionals and educational materials for patients, provides practice management and career support, facilitates programs and in initiatives to improve women's health, and advocates for members and patients with more than 60,000 members spanning the entire career life cycle. So here's one of the standards bodies out there. And what did they do? Well, turns out they took $2 million dollars to engage women's healthcare providers for the effective COVID-19 vaccine conversations. They were bribed with $2 million to push these shots on women. The award is contingent upon the agreement by the recipient to comply with all 
with existing and future guidance from the HHS secretary regarding the control and spread of the COVID-19. So anything the government tells them, they say jump, you say how high, or you give us back the two million bucks. In addition, recipient is expected to flow down these t- these t- terms to any uh, sub ward, meaning filter this down through the ranks, make sure all the OBGYNs are doing this also, following the government narrative, no matter how ridiculous. This is how we got there. They bribed them. Substantial involvement by the CDC. This is a cooperative agreement, and the CDC will have substantial programmatic uh, involvement after, and I realize this text is really hard to read. This is the best copy and I can barely read it on my 32 inch monitor. Um, Programmatic involvement after the award is made, substantial involvement is in addition to all post-award monitoring, technical assistance and performance reviews undertaken in the normal course of stewardship of federal funds. CDC program staff will assist, coordinate or participate in carrying out Uh, effort under the award and recipients agree to the responsibilities therein as detailed in the in the document so two million dollars to bribe these doctors and by the way if you don't go along we're kicking you out of the organization because we don't want to have to pay that money back this is criminal what they did is absolutely criminal and these people belong in fucking jail for what they've done some of them worse so speaking out came at great personal cost to you? I don't regret. Yes, it did, but I don't regret. Had I known that it would be such a violent reaction, I would have done it anyway. Because I spoke for the victims. This is my army, those 200,000 murdered people. This is my army. They gave me a lot of strength. And if you published the book today, do you think you would get the same reaction? No, they won't be, wouldn't be published. No wouldn't way. Be published, no. no way. And nobody after me, nobody would write a book about the Holocaust because people know that you lose your friends and you get you become a public enemy. So what is said when this comes up in conversation? What is said? What do you It's a defense reaction, the self-defense. So they always say it wasn't us. It wasn't us. Yes, kind of. Here's what's said. So my friends, if I am your premier, we will stop these attacks on our public health Isn't care. Isn't that music great? We will get to work on fixing it. We won't privatize it, we'll strengthen it. We won't fight with doctors, we'll recruit doctors. We won't. You know, the doctors that they kicked out because they didn't go along with the program or refused to get vaccinated. And now we have this shortage. We're just going to hire some more and everything will be fine. Diabetes pumps will fund them. Mm. Diabetes like our caller (laughs) who got it from the shot. Won't blame Albertans with cancer or heart conditions. Given to them by the shots that we forced and coerced, not forced, I'm sorry, coerced them into taking. We'll make sure they get treatment and care. (sighs) These politicians. Are you going to tell the whole world again? And defame our country? No. And tell everybody that you know, we killed them. the Jews, the Lithuanians killed the Jews. I said, yes. She said, why? I said, because they did. Because it's the truth. We are bloody uneducated. Uneducated. The school hasn't educated us. Our grandparents didn't educate us. Our grandparents were too afraid to speak about it. Who could tell us about what happened? 
So for, for, for the moment, Holocaust subject is closed. I don't know for how long. And here we are again, repeating the same mistake all over again. And the politicians, they're going to be there to gaslight us into an early grave. We won't make seniors pay more for medical exams. We'll cover more of their medications and yes, their vaccinations because we believe in science and evidence, not conspiracies. And my friends, we will not, we will not make women pay for reproductive health care. I guess she's going to, I don't know, pass a hat around the audience there and they're going to take up funds and that's how they're going to fund this because when she says we're not going to pay for it, it's all going to we'll be free. We'll the cost of contraception for free. For free. Nobody pays for it. The doctors, I guess they're all going to work for free out of the goodness of their heart. Is that how this works? These people are just liars. The money comes from somewhere. It comes from you the taxpayer, the wage slave, the person holding dollars that they print to pay for this, to pay to cover for their own crimes because they're too ashamed to, yeah, too ashamed to tell the truth of what they did. 80 years ago, many Lithuanians welcomed the invading Nazis for what seemed at the time to be a very sound reason. Thank you for saving us from COVID. Yes, we will lock down. Yes, I'll take the shot. Yes, you are our heroes. Thank you, doctors. Let's clap for them while they make fucking TikTok dance videos because they're lying about the pandemic. They're not busy at all. They're standing around doing nothing. They won't even go in and hold up an iPad so that loved ones can say goodbye to their families before they fucking die. That's who these people are. Because the Nazis were liberating them from communism. They're saving us from the COVID. The same nationalist response manifested across all the Baltic states, as well as large parts of Ukraine. The Ukrainian Bevölkerung empfängt unsere Soldaten begeistert als the fire from blood terror des Bolshevismus. Liberators from the Everywhere, nationalists found the flames of anti-communism. And the Nazis pushed the myth of that communism as a Jewish conspiracy. As Hitler's invasion of the USSR reached its fullest extent, coercion and complicity across territories under Nazi control allowed the SS to initiate nearly 2,000 atrocities across seven countries, from the Baltic to the Black Sea scaling up their murderous ambition in village after village, town after town. Think about the CDC's role in this. They were the ones pushing out these falsified studies, fabricated data, not, not fabricated, but manipulated. Of course, there was, Jiggy talked about the one where they used synthetic data because they had uh, fractions of a patient. Remember that, those? Where they used just outright synthetic data to justify what they were doing. And then what did all the other countries do? Followed CDC guidelines. They're the experts. They're spending billions of dollars to figure this out. They've got the right answer. We're gonna do what they say. As victim numbers grew, the SS developed a system for ensuring maximum efficiency and minimal panic. 
It began with a calming ruse. Jews were told to assemble with money, belongings, and warm clothing. So they waited patiently, expecting to be deported. Then they were led away in groups, often by local police, to be shot. When the Germans took the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv, in late September 1941, they claimed their biggest Soviet city so far, with tens of thousands of Jews. Get your mask, everybody. Get your mask. Wear your I'm vaccinated sticker. And SS commander Friedrich Yekeln saw the chance to perfect mass murder on a monumental scale. He issued the standard order to the city's Jews to assemble. Then he had them escorted out of town by local police along this road to a 30-meter-deep, half-kilometer-long ravine called Babin Yar. Here they were stripped naked, ready for the Apologize, this is the other one that's got some pretty graphic. You're going to see people laying face down dead in the in the ditch. So, and this clip has just a short little bit here left. Waiting guns. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not this clip, but it is coming up. Uh, of course, what do we have today? They're not taking people out into the woods to dump them in a ditch and shoot them. They found a more humane way. And here's examples of people that have dropped dead after taking these shots. And this is a, I think, a very powerful, powerful tool. There's a guy here, look, I think this is up in Canada somewhere. And it's this semi that's just loaded with news story after news story with QR codes so you can link to the article and read what happened. They've got military, they've got athletes, they've got um, police, they've got all sorts, children, others. And he just, the guy's looking at it going, I can't believe this is happening. What is happening? Well, this also, here's another interesting little tidbit. This is SARS-CoV-2 spike protein reduces burst activities in neurons measured by microelectrode assays or, or arrays, sorry. And in the abstract here, it says, finally, our data strongly suggests that the receptor binding domain, the RBD of S1, this is the fern cleavage site, and the S1's the lower part, S2's the upper part with the three prongs, is responsible for reduction of burst activities in neurons. Overall, our results strongly indicate that spike proteins may play an important role in altering neuro, uh, sorry, neuronal phenotypes especially with the burst patterns when neurons are exposed during early development okay of course it's reduction in birth burst patterns linked to pretty much neurological everything disease this is a very common sign that you're going to develop neurological conditions and it's triggered by spike and of course the the 
fax pushers, they'll tell you, oh, Sam, it's not the same spike. Has the the two pro line lock. So it can't bind. Bullshit. It is. It's happening. And it cleaves off. And we're seeing the evidence of it. When you look at VARES, when you look at the safety signal that they clearly didn't fucking study, neurological issues is one of the top major categories that we're seeing. What else? Well, two years in, we're finding out that, oh, look, in the retina, you're getting all sorts of problems. This is a respective cohort uh, study of TriNetX, the world's largest clinical database, shows a significant increase in retinal vascular occlusion, that's blockage and bleeding in, in the blood vessels in your eyes, weeks and years after vaccination for SARS-CoV-2 in all ages, race, and genders. And if you look at the actual graphs in this study, they climb and climb and climb. And two years in, they're still climbing. The risk is still ongoing. So a lot of the sheeple that took this shot are literally going to go blind. As, as sad as that is, some of them feel less sorry for than others. But yeah, and you can see it right here, that all that red cloudy stuff right there, for those of you watching, that spike protein going through the veins wreaking havoc. It could also be prions from broken down spike going in and nuking cells. This is beyond bad, folks. What's going to unfold will make the Holocaust of 1940s Europe look like a picnic, all right? And it reminds me of my favorite book. I read this when I was in jail for civil disobedience, Bury the Chains from Adam Horschild. It's a story about slavery and another Holocaust that happened uh, in the Caribbean. And for those of you that don't know, slavery was abolished in the Great Britain, the, the British Empire, without firing a single, single shot. No need to sacrifice half a million men like the U.S. government did. And it was done by Quakers. And what did they do? Exactly what we just saw. That truck, they actually built models of the slave ships, showed people the four-foot-high decks where they had long chains running, chaining people, the slaves, together on several rows, throwing a bucket in there for them to, to urinate and defecate in, where they're chained down there for weeks, unable to get up. Some of them that would get free would jump off the ship and drown to death because they were so terrified of where they were being taken and what was going to be done to them. They got <coughs> former slaves who had escaped to come and tell their stories. What did they do? They went from town meeting to town meeting to town meeting on horseback, tirelessly educating and informing the public of the truth, just like that trailer parked outside on the street. And the problem was the, the city councils and stuff, the, the local governments, they're made up by the wealthy who had remote share were basically remote sharecroppers in these plantations in the Caribbean, where I think the numbers were like they imported 700 and something thousand slaves. And, and when it, when slavery was abolished, there were 400 and something thousand left. So it was 200, about a quarter million people, quarter million slaves 
that died in the Caribbean because they're out there cutting down sugar cane with machetes. It's like sharp bamboo sticking out of the ground. They get a cut, gets infected in that hot tropical climate. doesn't do so well, and they died in large, large numbers, and they just keep bringing more in, bringing more in, bringing more in. So the Quakers educated people, let them know, and eventually from the ground up, the politicians the wealthy landowners were forced to change. They developed many of the modern protest techniques. Fair trade is one of them where uh, products were marked as not used certified as not having involved slave labor might pay a little more for it, but you're not supporting slavery. And that's absolutely what's happening today. That's what this show is. If you hadn't figured it out, it's what it became when COVID hit and I realized, holy shit, what are they about to do here? Something's changed. By the end of 1941, after more than a million individual murders, mass shooting had become unsustainable. And when we look at these photos, we start to understand why that is. You can see here these young men of facing other human beings and killing them. And they're seeing what they're doing firsthand, face to face. And what senior Nazis become really concerned about is the mental health of the people that are doing it. Never the people that are being killed, the people that are doing it. Because they know that that- Okay, this is that scene about to see a bunch of dead women laying face down in a ditch. So that's something stripped naked and shot is going to be impossible for them to deal with. They talk about it as a, a burdening of the soul. There's reports here of these soldiers getting nausea, and nervous tension during the massacres. This was stunning and eye opening to me when I hear this, that the, the, physiological reaction that these people had to murdering so many people. In many cases, killers suffered vomiting attacks or developed severe eczema or other psychosomatic disorders. You know, there's, there's this sense that, that, that this whole generation will be corrupted forever, irreconcilably corrupted by what they've been asked to do in the name of the Reich. Of course, Remember back in 2001, the Vivek, the Stooges General? The pandemic has been devastating for healthcare workers, leading to burnout and mental health concerns. I was grateful to hear from the team about how their experiences and ways we can support the well being of healthcare workers everywhere. He literally went on this national campaign. This is one tweet of probably 50 where he was very concerned about the mental health and burnout issues. He did podcasts where he talked about burnout issues with healthcare. Why? Because they know what they're doing at some level. They couldn't deny it, and it was eating them up. Even the good ones, like uh, Nurse Aaron, we used to talk about all the time. Or not Aaron, but Sarah, I think. She was dealing, putting six-year-olds in the ICU after they got, got them the shot. She just couldn't, couldn't deal with it. 
It was too much. She's, she's since left the profession because that's the ones that have an ounce of integrity. That's what they do. The ones who refused the shot, they got run out. Some of them that didn't were allowed to wear masks. Now they're developing lung issues because they wear the mask for so long all the time. And it does, it's, it's a nonsense policy on top of it all. It's not even based on science. And here's the head doctor for the United States engaging in this campaign to make these doctors feel okay with the mass murder that they're taking part in. To make them feel okay about these vaccine injured coming in that they are gaslighting to their faces telling them, no, it couldn't be related. When they know deep down, it fucking absolutely is. It's horrific. It's the Holocaust being repeated all over again because we didn't learn the lessons from the last half dozen times this happened. The other big factor was location. Everything that's happened so far, everything that I've looked at, has happened a long way from the heart of Germany. It's in this kind of this wild east in the Nazi imagination. It's a different place where different things can happen, different permissibility. We see here the absolutely indescribable scene of carnage and it's so public and it's so barbaric and it's completely grotesque. And even the Nazis find this kind of scene unconscionable. Killing hundreds of thousands, millions of people is something they can accept. But from their perspective, as things develop, there are ways that it should be done and this isn't it. We need a more humane approach to mass murder. And so... And this is what they've done with these vaccines, gene transfection therapies they're calling vaccines. They've lengthened the time before you become disabled. So it's harder to pin back on the cause. They need to find a, a new means of mass murder that can be scaled up, that can be efficient, that can be secret, and that can be civilized out of the public eye in their mind much more closely aligned with kids dropping dead at basketball practice oh well that happens we get so many a year it's it's normal people just dying suddenly in their sleep yep that happens it's normal everything's fine it's distributed too across the whole world Because they can't just take them out, march them into pits, and shoot them. This new Germany that Hitler wants to create. They've learned from their mistakes. One of the men tasked with finding those new civilized ways of killing was an SS major called Herbert Langer. And this forest, called Kazimierz Biskupi in the west of Poland, is what Langer was given to use as a laboratory. So here's where they go off and start figuring out a way, a more effective way to mass murder. Okay. And here's another example from history. What does it say here? This is from, oh, hold on, let me 
get that blown up. Jessica Rojas on Twitter, she says, in 1979, at the request of the FDA, Wyneth Laboratories, which was purchased by Pfizer in 2009, voluntarily withdrew lot 64201 of the DTaP vaccine because of reports of eight infants in Tennessee dying of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, just like today we have sudden adult death syndrome. Within one week of receiving this vaccine, some of which were happening in 24 hours, which, you know, today they have the gall to sit there and tell us, oh, no, it's not related. Remember the story about the phone call? Physician was about to give the shot, a vaccine to a kid. He got a phone call. The phone rang. He answered it. Kid develops a serious medical condition. And if that phone hadn't rang, it would have been blamed on the shot. But despite seeing this over and over and over again, they're still denying those. Wyneth decided to never again allow a cluster of vials from one lot to be sent to a single state or health department, limiting the distribution of vials to no more than 2,000 in one geographic region makes it less likely for any cluster of injuries to be traced to the vaccine. Instead of recalling hot lots of deadly vaccines, just distribute the lot all over the country so no one makes the connection. Profit over children's lives. And here is the document. And you can see right there, it says, after the reporting of SIDS cases in Tennessee, we discussed the merits of uh, limiting distribution of a large number of vials from a single lot to a single state, county, or city health department and uh, obtained agreement from the senior management staff to proceed with the plan. Our product is killing people. And rather than fix it, we're going to distribute it in a way that will hide it. These are not companies. These are cartels. These are pharmaceutical cartels that push drugs that kill people to make money. Wake up. Of course, here's one of the vaccine pushers in response to that tweet that we just read. Tori, she's blocked me. Why are you trying to harm babies and children by discouraging vaccination? You aren't a physician, scientist, or expert of any kind, so I'm struggling to understand why you're advocating so hard against something you don't understand whatsoever. Is this a personality thing? Yeah, it is, but for you, you psychopathic bitch. What kind of person responds like that to facts that these people broke up their lots distributed them out so that they could get away with murdering children. That's before we even get to the fact that the vaccines don't actually work, cause more harm than good and should be all pulled from the market. The whole CDC just needs to be abolished and burned to the ground. And a lot of the people working there should be in jail right now. And some of them deserve worse. What Langer realized in fact was that the future of mass murder lay in the past. In an old SS prison called Fort Seven. Here, in 1939, Langer had been part of a project called Action T4. T4 was created to purge the Third Reich of the disabled, what the Nazis called life unworthy of life. And the key to T4's efficiency, Langer recalled, 
had been to bring the victims to the means of killing inside a special, secure facility. In this quiet old fort, Langer had improvised a whole new concept in mass murder. Maybe the world's first gas chamber. People were led up here. The doors were closed behind them. When they were all in, clay was put around the edges outside to seal it off. And then tubes were put through openings in the door. Through those tubes, carbon monoxide was pumped from sealed bottles and people would wait outside. When there was no more noise inside, people outside knew that everyone in here was dead. The Jewish people from a neighboring ghetto. So people were brought in carts here alive, and the, the, the pits were already waiting for them. They were not shot, they were just, uh, they were just uh, covered with quicklime and burned inside the pit. In, so they dug pits. Okay. I wanna, I, I'm a, I've done some natural building, and so I know a little bit about this, and I want to explain what she just described there because it's absolutely horrific. So in this quest, they realize we can't just march them into pits and shoot them. It's not efficient enough. The, uh, the soldiers, the people doing it, they're having psychological issues. It's too hard on them. We need to find another way, a more efficient way of mass murdering people. So they created, uh, you know, they just started trying different things. And one of these is uh, this quick lime. Now, what is it? They take limestone, you bake it in a kiln, get it real hot. It turns into a very fine powder, breaks down from rock into this fine powder. And when you add water to it, uh, it will flash boil. Now you can buy this stuff at like Home Depot. It's, uh, there's an N-type and an S-type lime. And they actually, the manufacturer will take and add back 5% water because when you do, it will flash boil. It, there's a chemical reaction that goes on that will flash boil. Um, so that way it's, they, and they add back that 5%. So it's not so dangerous for, uh, people that work with it. And I actually, <clears throat> you use this to make natural plasters and so forth in earthen buildings. I've got a 55 gallon drum that's been, uh, sitting, becoming more plastered in for like 10 years with three or 400 pounds of this stuff in there. And when I first mixed it, um, you know, I had gloves on, I had a paddle, I had my 55 gallon drum and I was, you know, stirring it around and I, and, uh, I had chemical burns right here at the, at, at the end of my gloves where this stuff got on my skin and this has already had the 5%, uh, you know, water added back to it to reduce that, to, to get rid of that flash boil. Cause I actually called the manufacturer and talked to him about it. So what they were doing is digging pits, filling, pouring water into the pits, taking quicklime, throwing it on people, and pushing them into the pit. And when they hit the water, 
their skin immediately begins to flash boil. This is absolutely horrific. Put quick climb into the pits. Brought containers with water, uh, uh, brought people inside, brought containers with water and put the water inside. What make what made the quick climb to react chemically? The boil. Boil. And with pit boiling people in yes. exactly yes. Inside, and this is what we know from this testimony of a Polish vet. He was here for from the very beginning until the end, forced afterwards with other Poles to to, to bury the uh, the victims. So, right where we are here, there was a pit in which people boiled alive. Correct. Do you know how long it took? According to Sankiewicz, several hours. We think that is uh, experimental killing site here. Why were we standing? Yeah. They were just trying out different ways. Yes, yeah, different way of killing people. And what have we seen with these shots? We've seen people's fingers, hands, arms, feet turn black and require amputation. We've seen people's skin start to peel off. Remember the, the girl? whose face is all red because her skin's been peeling off for nine months and she's not getting any better. What they are doing is absolutely on par with what's happened here. Make no mistake. And it's not like they didn't do this with these shots either because right here from Jicky, once again, Worse, the pre-impairment loss in the treated group was double that of the control group. Not only was this information ignored, but not no request was made to evaluate further. So he's got a chart from the TGA. This is uh, from their study, and it shows increased pre-impairment loss in uh, BNT162B2 group uh, the con- the, uh, compared to the control group. So Uh, What are we looking at here? You've got a control group of unvaccinated, and I believe this might have been in mice or something, humanized mice, of 4.1%. So 4.1% pre-impairment loss. These are equivalent to miscarriages. And then you've got BNT versions 1, 2, and 3, B1, B2, and B3. B1 has a pre-impairment loss of 4.8%, so slightly higher but pretty close to the control. B2 has a pre-impairment loss of 9.8%, and B3 has a pre-impairment loss of 8%. Guess which one they rolled out? B2, the one with the absolute highest pre-impairment loss. And we showed you the chart earlier. Remember that? I'm not going to scroll up to go find it, but got a sustained, I think, 25% increase right now that were seen in some countries. They picked this one intentionally. They don't have to go dig pits and throw quicklime on people and push them into the water to boil them alive. They're doing that with mice. And then it just takes one executive to say, "Mm, that one, that's the one we need. We're going to have to go with B2 on this one. Oh, I know it's a, there's a slight increased risk, but I think it'll be okay. We've got some other things that we think will negate that, so it should be fine. Go ahead and get in. We're going to roll out B2. And guess what? It's not fine. 
me see what this is right here. Um, whoops. Bear with me one sec. So in 2021, there was a rise of 9.3% in terminations, abortions carried out in the UK for fetal anomalies compared to 2020. Other terminations increased by only 1.9%, and that's with a p-value of 0.01. So extremely, extremely accurate data here. The, the number of registered anomalies increased by 13%, and he's got a highlighted document here. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. There was a total of 5,100 roughly conditions mentioned on ground E forms in 2021. This is an increase from roughly 4,500 in 2020. And what are these? Well, it's basically abortions. And the reason stated is the baby's developing birth defects. So this right here, absolutely happening. Here's the evidence. And they knew it. They knew it and they pushed it on us anyway. You tell me, why the fuck did they do that? Who does that? What kind of people have this sort of callous for humanity? That's, we haven't even gotten into you know, the potential to pass this off to offspring for this to integrate into the genome and be passed down, skip generations. Your kids can have kids, but then their kids can't. Oops. Those risks are real too. Okay, we've got a couple callers who've been waiting patiently. Uh, I'm going to unmute you guys. Physical, digital, go ahead and unmute yourself and let us know what's on your mind. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sam. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, I've been following you for years. I would say that you're an edge of herd uh, character that uh, I, I appreciate um, for your courage uh, with what's happening. I believe uh, I live in Canada. I obviously with C11, I have to be very careful with my words, so I'm going to be choosy. Um, but I will say that uh, from what you've been saying, I believe you're 100% accurate. And that, uh, you know, as a, as a compassionate person who uh, loves the souls on this earth. Uh, for some reason, uh, it, it, it appears that there's a group that that has far too much power uh, and believes they want less humans. And that yes. is my my working hypothesis: is that they want less humans, and um, and they want more control. And it, and it appears that they're looking to switch the control system over to something that's new using a newer technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and but. Uh, these are people that I don't think I would trust my kids to, and certainly don't think that the control that they're going to get is going to be control they can handle or responsibly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at everything that's happening right now, death of the dollar, economic collapse and ruin for the United States, but not just the United States because the dollar global reserve currency is dying. That's going to be, that's going to push that destruction out to the whole world. We're going to see major economic downturns everywhere. At the same time, we've got this die-off and massive population decline from these shots. Uh, we were already heading in that direction anyway. You've got China, who was involved in this. Yeah, this was developed in the U.S., but rolled out in China. They didn't give any of these gene transfection therapies. They went the traditional route. They did these absolutely crazy, insane lockdowns. What do you think they knew about the spike protein that our government knew and wasn't telling us? Um, 
you know, they're bringing in these busloads of immigrants to destabilize and do who knows what else. Maybe these are the, you know, as we've gone through this, we've talked about, or sorry, this author has talked about, I guess the host and the author have talked about, they would bring people from neighboring communities over to do the killing, to do the roundups because it was too much for neighbors to go and turn on their neighbors and, and do these sorts of atrocities to them. Maybe that's where they're going to pull the ranks from to, to, you know, ramp this up even further. There is very clearly an agenda at play here at the same time. You've got AI rolling out, making a lot of these people turning them into what they describe have, have described as useless eaters. And, uh, it's, it's time we wake up to this because yeah, this is, these things are not all just happening randomly as, as just random coincidences. I hope that's what I've sort of laid out for you guys in this show. We've got, we've got the receipts and, and I'm scratching the surface. Charles Rixley has, he's the man with the scrapbook, you know, 12 inches thick full of receipts. Uh, it's absolutely been uh, planned and developed methodically over time before it was deployed. And um, yeah, want to add anything else? No, I just wanted to thank you and, and say that I think that it's really important to to remember compassion for human beings yes. and, and your fellow your fellow humans. And uh, the, there's a lot of um, very advanced military um, technologies and, and learnings being applied uh, in division of, of class and race and sex and anything that you give attention to, you get more of. And so just look at what they're giving attention to and wonder is, is the end result, does that create less humans? And you know where it comes from. Uh, be safe out there, people. Uh, lots of love for my fellow souls on earth. Wise words. Thank you very much for sharing that. Okay, let's go to uh, Mark. You want to unmute and let us know what's on your mind, sir? Yeah, hi, Sam. Um, I actually just kind of wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Um, it came up It came up today in conversation with my family on my way to my son's lacrosse game <clears throat> um, about sports riots. And have you ever read the book, The Crowd by Gustave Le Bon? I don't have never heard of it. No. Um, have you heard of Edward Bernays? Yes. Propaganda. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the crowd by, well, Gustave Le Bon is basically the foundation of Edward Bernays's work. Uh, and okay. I, I read it and it's, really difficult to read. I had to reread a lot of paragraphs because I'm not that smart. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not smart right anyways, there with you. But, <laughs> um, but it, it's, ever since I read it, I think it was 2017 I read it, something like that. Um, it changed my perspective on all of this because I, I, I just, I look at the world differently because I see how crowds can form mm. and form a group consensus and stuff, right? Yeah. He, he, he breaks it down in a brilliant way. Um, and uh, like what you're doing is very important, obviously, um, because it, it creates that percentage of people who, to see through the crowd and all that. Um, so now that I know that you haven't, I highly recommend it. it his name is Gustave Le Bon. He was a French, um, psychologist. Okay. Um, he's, he's, he's basically, um, 
he was the father of Freud, Carl Jung, um, all, all those, all the famous ones that we hear about all the time, yep, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> and if and, somebody, uh, let me just recent, add, or let me just throw in here, if somebody uh, in chat, if you can look that up and put a link in the comments so that everybody can find that and, and read it and post that, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's totally worth it. Um, it and I, I will stress, it is a very difficult read because it, okay. it's from 1890-something, 18, 18, I think, if I remember yeah. correctly. I, I, uh, it's old, so the language is, the language is difficult, but it, it gives... Having that knowledge gives people like us a very good perspective on what's going on because it 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 allows you to to see the foundation of the crowd psychology and how to manipulate it and what's being what's being done. There's another thing that crossed my path recently. I'm only like 40 minutes in at the four hour speech. Have you seen uh, this speech by, um, I think it's Dr. Richard Day? Uh, it's on Odyssey. I, just, I, I don't, don't know that I have. The name sounds familiar, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, so it, it's, it's kind of funny because you just mentioned like this is all planned out. and It seems like this is all planned out anyways. Um, so what this, this speech is, is a, a, a guy named, I, I, I'm not positive. Like I said, I only listened to about 40 minutes of it, but, um, the, the recording that I'm listening to is, was conducted in the 1980s. Um, but he's recalling something that happened in the 1960s. Okay. And he's a, the, the person recalling it is a physician, I, I think, um, and he's basically describing a situation where him and his colleagues were basically gathered around by this one person. I think that's, I think that's who Richard Day is. Um, and describing a plan to unfold a new way to conduct life and how people are, how the future is going to be and all that. And he, he lays it out and, um, he gets a lot, he gets deep into the medical stuff. He talks about vaccines and all that. It's so far 40 minutes in, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it. Uh, okay. it's not surprising. Um, but it, it's worth looking into. I'm, I guess, yeah, the reason I put my hand up is just to, to try and put this information out there. Good. Yeah. And I, um, I found the Richard day, um, link on Odyssey and I posted that in the chat for rumble. So if you want to find that, it, right, it right will on. be there. Anything else? I, I, like I don't. I'm not. No, you're you're talking to Mark, but it, no, that that's it. I just I just figured I'd put that out there. Um, I, I think it applies to the conversation you're having, and um, yeah. So yeah. thanks, Sam. Like, I love what you. You're you're a trooper, man. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and Brene, you know, he wrote the propaganda book that was all about how to manipulate the crowds and he's the one who got women into the workplace and you know had them march out in the i think it was the macy's parade with the short haircuts smoking cigarettes and and the whole mm -hmm. idea was to sell that that women could do these things so that they could sell more products it wasn't really about 
changing the culture as much as it was making manipulating the masses to their own benefit to 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 be able to commercialize them. Yeah, and, and the the fascinating thing about Gustav Le Bon is, from what I can see from at least from my research, is that his work is the foundation of theirs. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, and and I I, I, I like looking at that right. Like yeah. I, I want to know where it came from. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds interesting. I'll have, something I'll have to look into. So, appreciate the suggestions. Anything mm-hmm. else? No, that's it. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, we've got a few okay. more things to uh, go through here. There is a uh, another little bit here. Last last little closing thoughts on this documentary from the BBC, which I think is just absolutely excellent. <clears throat> I didn't know all the history of how how this developed and how many locals were involved here. It's, it was really stunning. And as I'm watching it, I was just like, couldn't believe all the parallels and how what we're going through now again is a modern day Holocaust. It's just been adopted. They've learned from their mistakes. So let's finish this up here. From early 1942, Millions of Jews were taken from all across Nazi-occupied Europe and sent to extermination camps like this one to become no more than ash and memory. It took just six months to get here from the first bullets fired in the east. How did that happen? happened when good people didn't said nothing. Of course there was Hitler's poisonous ideology, but it needed more than ideology. It needed tens of thousands of ordinary people to betray a neighbor or turn their backs and say nothing, to help round up and rob, to sign an order, pull a trigger, or open a valve or drive a train to see others as sufficiently different from them to be killed. Stellar, stellar job there by James. And of course, the haters, what do they call me? Oh, Holocaust Denier 1 comes to Holocaust Deniers 2's aid. <laughs> These guys are such idiots. Of course, the rats, they're fleeing the sinking ship. I think a lot of you probably heard Rochelle Lewinsky, one of the ringleaders behind the fabricated data and the manipulated data, which we're going to get into here in a second. She's quit. She's resigned. She's out in June because... It's about to get ugly, and I think she's trying to trying to get away as best she can. Uh, I hope it's she's not successful. She deserves the gallows, as far as I'm concerned, for what she's done. Of course, after she's found guilty in a in a proper court of law, right? Because we can't have anything else for these people. Okay, um, so 
there's this skeptic, the real truther that he calls himself, and I've unblocked him, and he's been invited on here to come into the spaces. I don't think he has the balls to show up. Uh, and they wanted me to come into their spaces. I'm like, not a chance. I'm not doing that because you guys have rules and things that prevent me, preclude me from presenting and talking about what I want to talk about. And uh, Kevin, though, Kevin McKernan, who's a PhD neuroscientist, has been studying, you know, prion diseases and so forth and actually works in a lab, has done lab experiments, has 44 citations in PubMed and has been referenced a, a lot of times in really important papers. So his work's very foundational, knows what he's talking about. He did go into their little truth or chat. And uh, I want to play you just the opening segment before they brought him on to kind of let you hear uh, their paradigm. Okay. Because I, I do, I, you know, just because they're pushing the vaccine doesn't mean that they don't have good points to make to, it doesn't mean that I'm infallible or that I don't make mistakes or that we as a, as a movement trying to raise people's awareness to what's happening, don't get things wrong sometimes. So let's listen to what they have to say, shall we? And, uh, and we'll, and we'll book you. And uh, let's see what else. What else is going on? Uh, how you doing, Sharky? I'm good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Been. Yeah, I appreciate. I'm glad you're feeling better. And uh, let's see. Turns out Sharky's been sick lately. I wonder why. What's gonna say? Oh yeah. So uh, last night, uh, Kevin uh, Bass unblocked me, and he, interestingly enough, he he wrote this thread about bears, and uh, I came back at him, and we went back and forth a number of times on it. Uh, I, I, we probably should do a whole space on VARES because people, uh, especially, you know, people like Kevin Bass, they just don't seem to understand what VARES is and what its purpose is and the mm -hmm. fact that it's not, you know, evidence Tell of anything, it, sir. Um, that it's used mm -hmm. as an early warning tracking system. It has no control group. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, he, he had posted sort of an anti-vax propaganda meme or graphic uh, showing that there was an increase in VARES reports of deaths in 2021 compared Massive, massive, like more than the last since the history of when VARES was implemented back in the late nineties, I believe it was all combined in one year with this one product, more than all the other vaccines ever tested more reports of death. Didn't get to those until the, to investigate the first one until 5,000 deaths had been reported. In fact, to 2020, well, of course there would be mm -hmm. if we gave out saline to the same group of people, the same, mostly older, unhealthy, vulnerable people. And we gave it to millions of people. And then we had them record what happened the days after the weeks after they got that saline injection. Only problem with this claim is that the flu vaccine, all the other vaccines, billions more doses delivered than with COVID. And so why didn't it happen there? Why didn't we get the same number of reports? Many of them would die. Many of them would get sick. Many of them would have injuries. Uh, now, up. whether or not it, they were given the vaccine or not, that's just what happens. You know, the, as we say so many times on this show, the COVID vaccine prevents COVID not a vaccine. deaths, not all deaths. It's not a miracle worker. You know, like uh, we got to keep it real here. It's and while we're keeping it real, real truther, covid vaccine is actually causing non-covid deaths but those get swept under the rug and pushed aside and patients are getting gaslit families are getting gaslit by their doctors 
who administered these shots, who told everybody who are under that cognitive dissonance, that psychological strain, that threat of losing their job and getting fired, not just from their job, but from their profession while they're saddled with six, seven figure debt. They're telling them, oh, it can't be the vaccine, despite it being patently obvious to those that are awake. Not going to prevent a 90 year old from dying of natural causes or having a heart attack, right? Yep. If they were originally going to have one. So, uh, again, there is no control group, but it does work for what it works for. And that is it's an early warning system. And, you know, if, if it detects, uh, det- detects a larger signal, then that study, then that signal is studied in actual scientific studies. So, for example, the. Oh, you hear that, folks? If they see a problem, you know, like in the 40,000 report backlog that they couldn't even process because they completely underestimated the 700% increase in reports that they expected, then they would study it. And, and of course, how would they do that when they couldn't even get to the backlog? They're like, well, people were taking those reports. No, they're coming in over a web form. That was another lie that they told. So, and then they get processed and looked over by staff which wasn't happening because they didn't have nearly enough people because the shots were far more deadly than the 700% increase that they expected in reports. And then what did they do? They came out and lied to idiots like you who bought this hook, line, and sinker that everything's fine. We're not seeing any safety signals that we even need to investigate despite all these deaths. And you just bought it original rotavirus vaccine came out. And again, sometimes in trials, you don't have millions of people in trials. Like the COVID vaccine actually had more people in their trial than normally we see in, in vaccine trials. But, you know, even the COVID vaccine trial, like 30, 40,000 people, right? So what if it's such a rare side effect that you're not going to see it uh, for like 100,000, for 200,000, for a million? And so that's what happened with rotavirus. And so there was... And if those of you watching, there's someone in here uh, posting this 18 nucleotide primer sequence founding found in the coronavirus um, that is in the human genome. Why is that significant? Well, if the virus has human DNA in it and you're training the body to go and attack the virus, it might also be training it to attack you. This is auto, auto, mm, uh, I'm forgetting the, the medical term for it, apologies, so. Okay, let's keep going. There's an early warning signal detected in, in VAERS and what did the government do? Ignore it? No, yeah. they conducted a study to see oh. if the signal was real. That's what you do. You don't look at bears and say, that's, that's what they real. used to do. Study, and the study showed that it was real. But now we're further down the road of corruption. We're further down the revolving door. You know where Rochelle Lewinsky's going? Probably to Pfizer for her cushy seven-figure office job. And the vaccine was pulled from the market. And a ri- and. and- Autoimmune disease. I did have it right. Thank you. And then, of course, a new later years later, a new vaccine came in from Dr. Paul Offit helped create that vaccine. And that's the vaccine we use today. Uh, so that's Dr. Paul Offit, who I think was he the one that resigned from the from the advisory board because of what was happening. <laughs> you know, VAERS also detected, you know, signals of myocarditis uh, that we saw with the covid vaccine, which we know is predominantly in 12 to 17 year old males, generally on the second dose, more so with Moderna. 
you know, it can be, uh, you can be limited that by spacing out doses, not getting the second dose or not getting, not getting the vaccine at all. But it's specifically in that small subset. It's not something we're seeing uh, in all, you know, ages and all sexes. We know that, you know, obviously heart deaths, uh, heart attacks, cardiac events, sudden deaths all went down after the vaccine, at least to millions of people, though that's an indisputable fact. We can see that in the data. Okay. Yeah, there's another place where he completely goes off the rails. Why? What's actually happening? Well, let me explain it to you, real truther. See, when you have something that comes along and kills a bunch of people, like, what was it, 600,000 is the number we're being given. Of course, that's including that guy that jumped off the eight-story building and went splat, and then they tested his tissue and ran it through a 45-cycle threshold PCR test to find, oh, yeah, definitely COVID. Mark that down as a COVID death. But when you have something that comes along and kills a bunch of people like, you know, the ones that went into the hospital and on the ventilators and through the CDC's death care that resulted in death for most of them or on to remdesivir where their kidneys stop functioning and they're pumping them full of IV fluid and they end up drowning in their, uh, their lungs filling with fluid and drowning and dying. And then the, the hospital rings the cash register for 150 grand from the government. Thank you very much. COVID death. When you have that going on, I forget where I was. Hold on. It's, you know, when people talk about died suddenly and, and this you know, avalanche of sudden deaths, they don't act. No, no. Hold on. Let me back up here. Heart deaths, uh, heart attacks, cardiac events, sudden deaths all went down. Yes. So when you have all these people die because something came along and killed them, who dies? The ones who are kind of marginal on the edge. What, did we, what was the average age, like 80, 82, 87, 86, somewhere in there? There's different numbers for it. And these were people that are probably going to die in the next few years anyway. And those deaths got pulled forward into the now. That's the pull forward effect that the ethical skeptic talks about. And the, those deaths are what he also refers to as dry tender. Okay. So what would you expect? You'd expect deaths to nosedive. Because the people who were going to die in the coming in the next year or two, suddenly they're already dead because of coronavirus and really it's hospital treatment and lack of care and go home, wait until it gets worse and then come back and then we'll put you on the death care and kill you in the hospital and ring the cash register for 150 grand. Those people are gone. So what you would expect is all cause mortality to nosedive. What we're seeing is all cause mortality nosediving. But within that, in the younger age groups, we're seeing an increase, which is masked by the drop, by the pull forward effect, by the dry tender. And these guys refuse to acknowledge that. What did I want to go in and debate them on? What did I invite them into a spaces to debate? Exactly this. He is sitting there building a box full of bullshit that is the foundation that they're wanting to start their spaces chat on as well, here's reality. It can't be because of this. And they refuse to address data integrity issues with me. They're too chicken shit to come in here. And if you guys do, if you guys want to pipe in, you're more than welcome to. I see a couple people. I'll, I'll come to you in just a minute here. Uh, so that ex there's another fallacy that he's presented right there that's explained by 
what I'm trying to get across to these guys, that there is a pull forward effect, that there is dry tender, and that all cause mortality can go down while certain age groups are going up. And that is exactly what we're seeing with cancers, with uh, heart disease related issues. After the vaccine, at least to millions of people, though that's an indisputable fact. We can see that in the data. Indisputable. You know, people- see, it can't even be questioned. Sam, we're not even, I'm definitely not coming on your spaces chat because this is indisputable. It's fact. These guys are idiots. Idiots. They're brainwashed. They're suffering cognitive dissonance. They can't admit to themselves that they might be wrong. They won't even look at the data. Instead, they mock me. They call me an anti-vaxxer, a Holocaust denier, a violent extremist, whatever else, racist, whatever else they can come up with to avoid addressing the fucking data. Talk about died suddenly and and this avalanche of sudden deaths. They don't actually show the data. The data shows that that's just not accurate. Heart deaths actually went down. Now, in 2020, they exploded. Now, there was no vaccine in 2020. There was COVID. What there was was two things. One, there was COVID. And then two, there were people who were probably not going to the hospital or seeking care and potentially had heart events. So- or there were people who, you know, were denied care from the hospitals who got code, who would have been fine if they were actually treated. But the system that was corrupt, the CDC was telling them that's not our protocol. And the hospitalists who are working, who are, you know, following orders from the CDC told the doctors, if you don't go along with this, you're fired. And we'll go after your license too. Oh, all that, those two things combined to create a lot more heart events in 2020, but in 2000. 2000- yep. And there's another great point. No flu in 2020, 2021. We, we, I think touched on that. Yeah. So we, we talked about that. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Let me go. That's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, what is going on there? Oh no. <laughs> Okay. Bear with me for one second here. There we go. All right. So this is from Jicky. Australia tests symptomatic patients routinely at Sentinel sites by PCR for influenza. The 0.002% positive rate that they found uh, may well be false positives. He says, irrespective, there was effectively no flu from March, 2020, all the way through 2022. And he's got the receipts here to prove it. I'm going to bring this up. You can, oh, hold on. Let me back up. There we go. You can see right here, this is for 2021. See that red line across the bottom of the graph there? That's the flu in 2021. Where did it go? What happened to it? Why are there only 10, 15 cases when before you had 10, 20, 25,000 cases in Australia? You go on to the next one. And of course, here's the, here's the data. 160,127 samples tested across their Sentinel laboratories. 37 have been positive for influenza in 2021. Okay. 2022 comes along. There's the red line. And look, magically, now that COVID's over, it's back, folks. How about them apples? How did that happen? How is it that right back here, oh, that's terrible. Uh, You can see it just disappeared in 2020, 2021. It was there in previous years. And then 2022, it comes back. Well, the answer is because it's a bioweapon that they're releasing in order to sell vaccines. 
They are harming people for money because they are not a company. They're pharmaceutical cartels. And these guys are oblivious to reality. I hate to break it to them, but welcome to, welcome to the real world. So yeah, great point. Thank you for bringing that up in the chat. Appreciate it. Let's keep going here. 21, it actually went down compared to that. And of course we even had more cases of COVID in 2021. So, uh, and then you you know we obviously look at countries, control group countries like Sweden, and we can see uh, no no rise in any of those events, and and we know that myocarditis while it may oh one problem with that Sweden thirty percent rise in all cause mortality that peaked and then went back down. What happened there, huh? A rise because of vaccines as far as cases, it, we it hasn't translated to deaths, and we know this from scientific studies. Well, actually, in Japan. It has translated into deaths because they had one of the highest vaccination rates. I can't remember if it was 92% or 86%, somewhere in there. Very high compliance and, you know, very low cases. And then they get the first wave and then the next wave is bigger. And then the third wave, which just ended recently, is the highest yet. So if they all got vaccinated, why are they getting successively increasing waves of death? And they scapegoat this away by saying, well, it's less than other countries, so therefore it's fine. Well, okay, did your model predict that, that this was going to happen? Is, is this the last wave? Are we going to see any more? Because what it looks like is an exponential increase. What happens if it keeps going? Your hypothesis will no longer be true. And, and I really think that's what we're waiting on here. It's going to keep getting worse, and these guys are going to find it harder and harder to excuse this away. We look at uh, Sweden, for example, did see a small rise in this around the time the vaccine was given to that age group. Now, of course, causation doesn't equal correlation. Oh, no. Causation. But, um, but especially with 100% safe and effective vaccines that are not vaccines and, in fact, gene transfection therapies, totally safe for pregnant women at any stage of pregnancy. Because, you know, the OBGYN organization that I want to remain a member of it took $2 million to make sure that they they get us to say that at the same time we saw that have negative excess deaths at the exact same time once again sweden is also not a good um or i guess the data is a little problematic because what did they do that was different from everybody else they didn't lock down everybody got natural immunity before they got the shot most likely united states totally different 12 to 44 year olds after getting vaccinated negative excess deaths in 18 to 44 year olds in sweden 86 percent of them had at least two doses 67 percent of them had at least three doses and they went down negative in excess so again uh, we have we have studies from denmark we have studies from the uk we have studies from all over the world showing that while we have studies from asia that show oh that's not the case why because they were likely already exposed to SARS-CoV-2 or at least a, a close variant of it in a previous lab leak. Because SARS-CoV-2 didn't break out of the lab when we were told. It, was, it had already escaped the lab. Previous iterations had already escaped the lab, especially in Asia. That's why the data looks different. And these guys don't understand that or don't even think that's a possibility because they don't understand Charles Rixley's work. And the history of the development of this thing and how it's been funded by DOD, DARPA, uh, NIH, and so forth. Oblivious to reality. And here he is 
building this box of bullshit upon which all of their arguments rest. And when I come in saying, um, hey, guys, there's problems with this data. Oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Uh, the ethical skeptic is making it up. We're not even going to look at it. Myocarditis is a real legitimate side effect in, in a small subset of young males. It's not translating into measurable deaths. And that's the one thing we can do is people who are support vaccinations is we have to be real. We can't, you know, we admit that the vaccines aren't 100 percent. And when there are real side effects that are detected in a system like theirs and then, you know, discovered in subsequent, uh, subsequent studies, uh, then we acknowledge them. We don't hide them. That's real. And it proves the system works. And the other thing that Kevin doesn't understand is that theirs is not only one of four safety tracking systems that we have. We have other. I know one of the other ones I can had to sue Aaron Siri had to sue to get those records out and what it showed didn't look too good either. Okay. And it's, it's a passive system, meaning it's a self-reported unchecked system where anyone can report anything. And we know we've seen some crazy bears reports uh, like buttock crushing is uh, an official one that happened or people have talked about, you know, put in suicides, murders, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff has been submitted to bears. A good thing we don't have any suicides or murders or people jumping off buildings or dying in car crashes in the COVID numbers, do we? Those obviously aren't legitimate. No, they're not. You know, vaccine side effects. We've also, even before. Of course, I mean he's he's saying they're not legitimate probably correct but could it change cause some kind of physiological change in your brain that makes you suicidal could there be some kind of co-founding um reaction with medication that they're taking that made the maybe an ssri or something that made them suicidal eh, probably not but maybe him ruling it out yeah i disagree with that COVID, we know there's been studies that show only 3% of VAERS reports were even direct, couldn't even be directly uh, associated with the vaccine. And of course, there's a lot of over-reporting with COVID previously when there was under-reporting. Bullshit. There are so many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people injured by these shots that have never made it into VAERS. My brother's one example of that. There's dozens and dozens of people in my audience that have come on this show and talked about people they know that are vaccine injured. None of them have been reported either. And reporting wasn't major serious side effects. It was like small minor side effects like, you know, sore arms or slight fevers or slight rash. Those were the things that weren't getting reported before COVID. But after COVID, everything was getting reported because, you know, we had a nurse watching us for 30 minutes as we got this vaccine. It was the most monitored, you know, tested. And of course, I read a, a tweet today. Um, from somebody who was a security guard at one of the vaccination sites, what he said about 20 people per day were passing out after taking the shots. That's one site. There were literally thousands upon thousands of those sites just in America. Study vaccine in human history, nothing could get past this worldwide, no. you know, impenetrable, this, this worldwide launch of this vaccine. Certainly not like in South America where they would do a local swab for infection on the uh, vaccinated, and then they would send one to New York for Pfizer to do the test. And it turns out that just enough of the, the ones of the vaccinated people that tested positive, that tested negative lost their, their local sample got lost somehow. The data just disappeared, but that, that test that Pfizer ran in New York, it came back negative. So everything was fine. And it was just enough to edge out the unvaccinated and show a vaccine efficacy. So the data is impenetrable. These trials where, you know, at Ventavia, 
where the CEO of the company running the trials of the CRO that was running the trials actually participated in it and got his family to enroll in it because, hey, you know, that's just another patient they get paid for. That was all fine. The fact that they didn't do proper cold storage chain of custody and left them out for too long and the shots may have degraded. That's all fine. These trials are bulletproof, guys. Bulletproof. Studied and now thousands of studies all replicated by researchers who have never met again, never communicated, and are coming up to the same results showing mm -hmm. the vaccine and efficacy and showing the safety. And of course, we still have people that deny this, but the thing is, the facts can't change even if they deny it. And a lot of them are having some trouble these days. Yeah. And that's Listen kind of this. what, what, what got me to this title. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's over. It's you know, over. we can officially say it's over um, for the anti vax narrative. <laughs> this is the height of scientific arrogance and ignorance right here these guys proclaiming at this point with everything we're seeing with everything we know it's over clearly the vaccines work and the anti-vaxxers have been wrong about everything excess deaths have stopped you know, usa is going even to negative most of europe i just took and ripped every one of their damn arguments to shreds and of course what do they talk about the uh, the increase that wasn't there in 2020, I'm going to have to jump back to this audio because I want to show you this right here. There was a point in there where he says, well, every, in 2021, there, there wasn't an increase. Okay, well, yeah, guys, uh, why do you think I want to talk to you about the ethical skeptics data? Remember the MVSS system upgrade where... 53,000 records go missing, and then some records just every week, a certain number disappear. And remember when they started, that's when they started switching the death code, the MCOD, UCOD, or ICOD, cause of death is what those are, from cancer to COVID to hide the COVID deaths. And then what did they just report? Oh, right here. COVID-19, this is from the CDC on Twitter, COVID-19 was a primary cause of death in three out of four patients with COVID-19 listed as the cause of death on their death certificate in 2022. Yeah, because y'all started fucking rigging the data. This is what the ethical skeptics data shows, and it's one of his talking points as to why everything's okay. And by the way, Sam, definitely not going to discuss that. Definitely not going to review it. Because you're an idiot and you don't know what you're talking about. These guys, height of ignorance and arrogance and scientific ineptitude. Okay, let me, let me go back. Well, I'll, I'll come to you guys on spaces in just a second. There's like a and, uh, and we'll, little and we'll book two it. minutes or something here. The least vaccinations. A country like Sweden, you know, obviously being a real good example of a country that vaccinated high and had low excess deaths. A country like New Zealand, a country like Australia, a country like Denmark. Um, even Canada. And then, of course, you know, on the opposite end, Eastern Europe, Bulgaria, 29% vaccine rates, but in 2021, the highest excess deaths in Europe. So they never really had the excess death argument in one anyway. But now that it's over, and now that the science has gone against them, and now that the data has gone against them, and the unvaccinated have died at significantly higher rates all over the world, with no exceptions, literally no exception. No, no exception. one has ever Except shown Japan, the other country as Kevin brings up here later on that we're not going to go through, but I'll post the link to this, try and get it added to the show notes. He brings that up and they say, well, that's an exception. It's like, well, you've got exceptions all over the place. Well, no, we don't. Yes, they do. They are so full of themselves. They've convinced themselves of a narrative 
and now their cognitive dissonance and their arrogance prevents them from seeing the flaws in their arguments. It's sad. Because they have not died at higher rates. The only thing I've ever seen is, well, that data can't be trusted. It's flawed. It's, it's manipulated. Like, that's their only, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. They got nothing else. So, uh, so and, come and, debate and, it, so pussy. If come you can't show it. a country where the vaccines haven't worked, you can't claim the vaccines haven't worked. You can't. That's just a, that's just a fact. Sorry, Rose, I'll make you a co-host. I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay. Let me bring a couple uh, people that want to speak here on Twitter Spaces into the chat and unmute everybody. Uh, Rabbi, why don't you go ahead, sir? What's on your mind? Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, I really think that it's a courageous, I think uh, it's a very courageous discussion that we're having. Okay. So I want to know what happened from the eight years of clinical development. It, uh, generally, uh, the median pre-market clinical development period from investigational new drug submission to FDA approval was 8.1 years. I understand that this was uh, sped up due to the global pandemic, quote unquote. Uh, but now that that has since declined, are we back to an eight and 8.1 year uh, development? It seems as if every type of vaccine out there uh, normally has to go through this type of uh, clinic, these clinical trials, except for uh, these new uh, COVID uh, 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 boosters and such. And I just, in my opinion, uh, don't understand why those are any different than anything else. Uh, globally, essentially, um, well, at least uh, I should say within the United States, uh, COVID was not the top killer, nor has it ever been. Uh, it's still heart disease, yet I never hear anything about uh, boosting your immune system or um, improving your your uh, ways of life from uh, any of the media. Everything is always about uh, getting the next booster. Essentially, when they started with these vaccines they were free now they're 120 dollars. it's only going to perhaps go up from there and um just uh, i think some really great points are made about what happened to the flu what happened to the common cold i mean i don't understand uh we're not stupid i think we're being set up for uh perhaps another round of this perhaps the covid 23 at the end yes. of this year uh and uh, especially because there'll be an upcoming presidential election i mean really um if, if you can't perhaps get a lot of uh support for people, uh, it's very easy to say, oh, we can't have any kind of meetings because you got to stay six feet apart and all of the other things that we went through. And I think people are just being set up for the slaughter as basically the name of the Twitter space entails. Thank you so much for letting me contribute. Yeah, that was, that was a great question that you asked there initially. What happened to the eight-year time frame to roll these shots out? What, what about the long-term studies? And the simple answer is they didn't do them. They didn't do the midterm studies. They didn't do the toxicology studies. And with the 40,000 participants in the trial, they vaccinated the control group because, you know, it'd be unethical to, to not vaccinate the people. So they wiped out the control group so that we will never know the differences between the two. And they did that intentionally to cover their tracks. This whole thing is top to bottom, absolute fraud. Did you, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, not at this time. I just really appreciate the discussion, and I think that you all are very intelligent for having it. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Mark, did you have your, you had your hand up earlier. Did you want to pipe in with anything? I'll take that as a no. I've, I've got one more clip here that I want to play from these clowns here, and uh, uh, then we can go back to spaces if anybody else wants to chime in with anything and we'll wrap up here a uh, couple things though two clips here as far as fallout as as to what they're doing now in the face of this 
Whoops. Six, we have two risk assessments that have been published that detail the increase in growth advantage that we've seen for these XBB sublineages, and that would also include XBB.1.9. We do see immune escape, which means people can be reinfected again. Which is exactly what Gert talked about and warned us about, that, you know, this is a problem. The vaccinated are creating a situation where uh, the virus might start connecting with antibodies to hitch a ride to get into new places and cause new infection where it hasn't before. And uh, it's, it's, it's very bad news. And, and we might even begin to be seeing the early signs of that. Despite being previously infected or vaccinated, but we have not seen a change in severity with the XBB sublineages. XBB.1.19 is around 10% of the sequences. XBB overall is dominant worldwide. So this just indicates to us that the virus continues to evolve and it will continue to evolve because the virus is circulating pretty much unchecked. And you've created a non-sterilizing vaccine and we're seeing class switching between IgG3 and 4. IgG3, if you remember, was doing, I think it was 41% of the sterilization, killing the, the virus. And IgG4 treats it more like a bee sting that says, don't respond. So what's happening to these people? Their bodies are being ravaged by COVID and their immune system is simply letting it happen. And they are not responding with the inflammation. They're not getting sick. They don't even know it's happening. And then boom, they hit the tipping point. Organs start shutting down and they die suddenly. Perhaps it's a theory, right? But there's a lot of evidence supporting that sort of thing is exactly what's happening while all the tissues, especially in the vaccinated, are being polluted by spike proteins. Okay. And what we need to be able to do is to keep surveillance up so that we have people that are tested first and foremost to ensure that they get into the clinical care pathway, but also so that we can monitor the virus itself, understand what each of these mutations means so that our technical advisory group for virus evolution can carry out these risk assessments. And what else is happening? So they need better surveillance, right? Here's the FDA head. Third and finally, the COVID-19 pandemic underscored the importance of both diagnostic test access and test accuracy and the critical need for a modernized regulatory framework oh. that applies to all in vitro diagnostics. This will be integral to ensuring the U.S. is better prepared for the next threat and to realizing the full potential of diagnostic innovation. So what are they doing? They're centralizing the standards for testing so that they can manipulate it to produce whatever result they want. Remember when, um, what was it, Gates and I forget who else, it might have been Soros or something, invested in a little handheld diagnostic testing unit. And I'm like, what do you want to bet that's internet enabled and they'll be able to update the cycle threshold or whatever it is, whatever technology it's going to work on. They'll be able to manipulate it remotely, globally, so that they can create a pandemic whenever they need to by manipulating the testing. This is when we went through the whole HIV thing, country after country in that documentary that we covered, they said there is no standard. They don't agree on what is an HIV infection. So here he is coming out saying, we're going to centralize this. We need to take this over. I, I'm, I guarantee you it's not for your own benefit. It's not for our benefit. 
It's for theirs and for their pharmaceutical cartel masters. Okay. All right. Going back to the spaces chat, there's a little bit here to wrap up with. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's a tough time for them. So, like, some we're, people are yeah. starting to change their mind. We're struggling. I, we're, the ranks are defecting. I'm losing people every day. My audience is shriveling because we've just been wrong about everything, truther. And not many, but some are saying, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Millions of people didn't die from these vaccines. Maybe I made a mistake. And do we bring them back in? Do we give them the so-called amnesty that they are saying that they, want to, they don't want to give to us or that they've said? And that's a decision, a personal decision you all have to make, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, for me, I say no for now, but okay. I'm willing to change my mind in the future. What about you, Chuck? Noted. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, noted. I didn't, no. I didn't explain. They don't, they, they... So if it comes out that the opposite is true, that what you guys were doing actually led to tens of thousands of people's deaths, we should hold you responsible for that, right, guys? What they've done is they have led to the deaths of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, the COVID vaccines have killed less than a thousand people worldwide. Enough, maybe a little bit more. I mean, there's a thousand people. That's it. You hear that straight from the pro vaccine pushers mouth. Only a thousand people have died from this vaccine. Knuckle, uh, go ahead and unmute. I think I've got you guys unmuted. And uh, what happened to the flu, though? What's that? Hey, Trisha. Uh Someone says something about the I flu. I said, "What happened to the flu?" Yeah, it disappeared. We just covered that recently. Like here. during COVID and quarantine, they didn't. They didn't release it. Okay. Is what Jicky's suggesting. So, okay, Kanako, go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Hey, great to chat with you again tonight, Sam. And uh, yes, sir. always nice to be in some Twitter Twitter battles with you on the front. But, uh, <laughs> man, it is I, – I commend guys like you and Jakey because it is exhausting. And, it is, and it's, yeah. I, I think we need to be clear that they're not – these are not fanatics that we're battling with, with, you know, the, this whole – you know, this Kevin McCarran space that was on the other day and – I couldn't even listen to it because I'm uh, someone on that on their side blocked me, so I couldn't actually get into the space. But I'll post the link. Got it. Thank you. There is this paid element that is, you know, there's a dozen people or twenty or whatever these bot flies are on Twitter that are, and and it's a very predictable debate. They'll bring you in and they'll talk to one talking point, and they will drone on and on about it. And they argue and, and you know, we, we've got the same counter narrative with Swedish excess mortality, which right now is negative. It's actually strongly negative, but I would argue that's a pull forward effect from a 30% excess mortality in 100%. the fourth quarter of last year. And, and, yeah. and but I, I honestly think that you can take these statistics and skew them to whatever the narrative is. And I that's think, right. thank goodness that it's not, we're not dealing with 50% or hundred percent excess mortality. I think it's, it's small enough that people can manipulate this data to whatever they want. And it, it, it goes into this mm-hmm. argument of which denominator you use, which comparator year do you use? Do you use pre-pandemic years? Do you use year-over-year averages? And I think you can manipulate this data to whatever you want, but they, they went back to that point every single time. 
Mm-hmm. And all they want you to do is to concede defeat on that point. Mm-hmm. And they're not there to it's just argumentative. Yeah, they're not there to change they your mind in terms of whether you want to take this this genetic countermeasure or not. They're, they're there to simply bash you. And I think prior it was to try to convince people. And now you've just got these these paid Ian Copelands and debunks and all these 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 fake PhDs that are that are running around for the last three years with their YouTube videos and 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 getting promoted as such on Twitter and YouTube. And and they got away you know, with I'm it. Gonna, they got a, I just want to interrupt you for a second here, Knuckle. They got away with it because of the deplatforming and the censorship. So they would be allowed to run off and, and, and spout yep. off whatever they want while I would get my account deleted. Yeah, and, and it's worse because I think I mean uh, your accounts and tweets can be promoted as much as they can be demoted. So I think, yeah. you know, that whole narrative of Twitter and YouTube and the trusted news initiative yep. promoting things that were, and, and maybe in hindsight in 2020, early 2021, maybe they were trying to promote something that they thought was good. Yeah. The vaccine was great and we should, everyone should get it. And, and I think that thing just stuck and we're seeing a, a, the last dying vestiges yes, of this trusted news slash fourth brigade, 77th army, um, uh, misinformation, disinformation, information campaign, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, in, in the next three, four, five, six months, I, I think you're going to see, you know, Ian Copeland five and all these other guys just completely get off of Twitter because they're not going to be funded anymore. The fourth brigade is going to be disbanded or getting pushed onto some other operation. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not, you're not, you can, you can talk about the facts and beat your head against the wall. And I think, that's exactly where they want you to be because it is an unwinnable argument. They're going to come as facts. You're going to come as facts. They're going to debate PhD neurologists like uh, neuroscientists like Dr. McCarron. And, and when they don't win a battle, they're just going to go out and use a, use a racist term or use some other, per, uh, you know, um, some other pejorative statement mm-hmm. to, to discredit the person and, and, and not the substantive matter of the peer reviewed literature they're putting behind them. So it's, it's not a winnable battle. The thing I think we need to stress is, uh, and, and I've made some tweets in this last few days, but the number of actual doses right now worldwide is falling off a cliff. And it has been right. since, um, you know, mid 2022, but since January it has been, and I actually put it on an exponential chart on a log 10 scale versus a linear because you, to actually see the exponential drop, You've got to go to that logarithmic scale. And right now there's 100,000 doses worldwide being administered daily. And that's down from a million mm-hmm. just three or four or five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. People have caught onto this. And, and, and that's not an anti-vaccine statement. I've never been a mm-hmm. person who's, I've, I'm, I've got every vaccine known to mankind except I don't believe in the flu one. And this one was just far too novel of not only a technology, but, to be able to be uh, just on, on a risk benefit rate benefit for something that we knew when the diamond princess came ashore and all those, all those people weren't dead on that cruise ship in 2020, uh-huh. we all knew the case fatality rate yeah. and I was willing to take my chances and then say, Hey, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to die from this virus if I'm wrong. Yeah. But and you know what? Hold, hold on. Let's just let Knuckle speak. Um, I, I, I'll, in the in this last little bit of this clip, Kanako, what they say is the reason that the doses are falling off a cliff is this was just meant to protect you from the first infection, and so the people making that point are making a nonsensical point. Well, my retort to that is, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, is 
well, where show me the public health official saying, uh, go get the booster unless you've caught COVID. If you've caught COVID, then you don't need it. They never <laughs> said that because that is another lie. And you're exactly right. When I listened through this whole three hour, uh, uh, spaces chat that Kevin did with them, they are just literally saying, well, that's not true, or I don't believe you, or finding some little thing that they can discount. And and they did not listen to him 80% of the time. And so I've just like stopped trying to even engage with them. And I just kind of mock them in my tweets and so forth yeah. now. And somebody commented yeah. that, yeah, we like the new new approach, Sam. It's it's much more fun and engaging and so Why forth. do you think they gave us the vaccine? Like, why would they want to give us the vaccine, though? Like, like you know what I'm trying to say? So, like, depopulation, money. Yes. I, I personally, I think it, it, it's, it's, a profit, it's a profit motive completely to me. To me, And I think that's, I, I speak to absolute, mm-hmm. and I think there's, there's definitively a profit motive. There's one where these things are countermeasures that have dual use, and, and only for military you know, purposes on, on releases of viruses, um, you know, whether that's in battle or whether that's otherwise, but, and then you're able to, to take that same countermeasure and deploy it to, to civilian populations. And that's what they've done. But we, we know that this is but it's not, not just money. There's something else. Well, and it's, 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 it's a prescription program because right now it's not even, it's never been a vaccine. It's always been a pro drug that elicits IgM humoral antibodies to a respiratory pathogen. By definition, it does not stand as a correlate to immunity for a mucosal vector respiratory pathogen. Mm-hmm. And it's always been, the definition of IgG antibodies is they show up five to six weeks into an infection. They are the cleaners that are cleaning up the garbage left behind after your T cells and your innate immune function destroy this mm-hmm. pathogen. And you do not get that correlate from these vaccines. This is by definition... Mm-hmm. A, a subscription program and it needs to be every six yeah. months because IgGs don't last in the body. And I'll say this real quick. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah, trying go to ahead. anybody. No, please. Um, so when, when we were in the mask, like we first, we inhale oxygen and then we exhale carbon dioxide. But if you have, when you have the mask on, it attacks your immune system. You're recycling the same bad air. And then also if you believe in COVID, then um, you're going to manifest it. I think it's more of a mind virus. Like if you go to the restaurant, you have to have your mask on, but as soon as you sit down, you can take your mask off. That's like a, like what's going on. It was a psychological virtue signaling. I comply measure. Yeah. And and I've, and I've got to think of, you know, long duration mask wearing the bacterial aspects of that inhalation probably far surpasses the levels of the CO2, but I've never really got into the the mask debate because honestly, I, I was fighting mandates and I was happy to to, to wear a mask. Well, knowing the CDC that, uh, says masks don't even help. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think a lot of us knew that from day one, but it was it was uh, yeah. To, to me, there's there's other things that are killing people far more, and I think I've I've chosen the higher you know the higher hills to battle on on a personal and on a on a on a familial level, but. Um, and, and I think it's all. It's the sad part is if there was any benefit to you know, to, to to vaccinations or or the technology, this mRNA technology, which does have positive benefits for people who lack the ability to generate proteins in their body. That's the whole definition of why this gene therapy was meant to be put out. And I think 
there's there's positive elements that I think are going to get railroaded because people are going to see that vaccine word. They're going to see the word mask. They're going to see uh, the word mRNA, and so they're going to nope. completely discredit any benefit that those three features can right. have to humanity because they've, they've put it into this I, binary I think overall this COVID. Yeah, definitely. This is, I feel like this is the war that we're going through right now. The real epidemic is people that are overdosing and stuff, but the only way they could um, kill us is if we um, agree to it. You know what I'm saying? Like talking, relating to the vaccine. So that it's like survival of the fittest out here in a way. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, you saw it with Oxycontin. You saw something that was a drug that caused an addiction that was a self-propagating revenue factory that just got richer and richer. The only benefit here is that unless you're the 1% that are absolutely crazy or the people that Sam is shit posting on every day on Twitter is <laughs> this, this isn't an addictive substance. So it, it, we have one benefit that it's a little bit better than Oxycontin and that uh, these mRNA jabs are not, are not by definition, um, uh, addictive and 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 we can yeah, get our, our, our friends and our loved ones to 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 just look at this and say this the the, the game is up that there's there's no reason to take this thing let's focus on on good immune health let's focus on personal health let's focus on protease inhibitors and other things that we know mm-hmm. aren't going to stop the infection but they're going to seriously abate them when they get into your body and 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 try to speak and, truth and like within six months. Within six months, they created a vaccine, but we don't have a cure for cancer yet. No. 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 So it's like can, can, you, virus can, can anybody hear epidemic. me? Yeah. We can hear you, Mark. Okay. So I woke up from a surgery in, I think it was 2021. Um, it was a day surgery. Uh, and... I remember, we, like, I fell asleep to the nurse saying, you, sh- you should get vaccinated. <laughs> um, and I was like, no. Um, <clears throat> as she was putting the anesthesia mask on me, she said, you should get vaccinated. But when I, when I woke up, um, <clears throat> they asked me my pain level. It was a day surgery. It was for a thing that doesn't need to be explained. Um but they asked me out of like uh, out of a ten what my pain level was, and I said ah four, like not much, you know. And I remember hearing the nurse because I was kind of out of it, right? <clears throat> um, the nurse, I heard, I heard her say, "Kate, she was going to give me fentanyl." <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm so glad that I was at least coherent enough to say no. I don't want that shit." And they ended up just but it's not really like, fentanyl. It's like medical. Yeah, but I like my pain level was basically nothing, right? Like I didn't need that level of painkiller. You know, you know what I mean? Like it, it and and ten years I, ago, I didn't that even could have been that could have been oxycontin that gave you, and that could have put you on a road that you would not. Yeah, have like it, it's a bad one. And they and they, they told the doctors. They told the doctors that that was non-addictive and the doctors believed it and took their word for it and then told the patients the same thing. So you had housewives and like suburbanites thinking this is okay oh, yeah, getting yeah. hooked on opioids. It was insanity. Oh, it's uh, criminal. Yeah. 
Which I, 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 I remember I remember waking up from it and like I, I they, they didn't give me T3s I took like two as I got home you know because it was a long drive um, but like I hardly took any like the pain the thing, the thing is with painkillers after surgery is you don't need much like mm-hmm. it, it's they uh, they wanted to give me that stuff, and I was like, no. And and one, I don't remember the terminology that they used, but I remember sitting there in the recovery room, and I was listening because I I have children and ears, and I was listening to the nurses. They they were talking about me, and like there there was an actual like. Uh, and you just woke up. Yeah, but they had a they had a name for me because I refused. I was like, you know, I was unvaccinated and refused hardcore medicine, that kind of thing. They had a they had a term for me. I can't remember what it was, but they actually had like I was like it's labeled. Like I was labeled as a certain type of patient, like a low drug patient. But they, but there was like a term. I can't remember it because I was kind of out of it at the time. But they actually like as they were dealing with all their patients, they, they had like a category that we, that they put me in. I can't, and it was a specific word they used. I can't remember. I wish I could, mm-hmm. but I, I, when I refused the fentanyl, that was like, what, what did it? It was, it was like, oh, okay, he's a, you know, a low drug, low medicine, whatever, that kind of thing. But they had a, a very specific terminology. And I, and I, I've worked for, large national corporations most of my life. I worked for CP Rail for, for all the Canadians in the, in the group. I worked for Canadian Pacific Railway and it's, it's a very heavily regulated corporation. There was like, there's lots of shit that goes on. You're always bombarded with regulations and stuff. And it reminded me of that. Like that's what these nurses and these doctors are going through. Like they're, they're just, bombarded with training and this is what you have to do. And if you don't do this, then you lose your job. Yeah. Feel me? Follow along, step in line or get hammered is basically, and it's not just your job. It's they go after your licensing, which is your career. It's just, this is why the government, go ahead. No, I I don't work for CPRL anymore. You mean (laughs) non-compliant? I don't, I don't, I don't have my job with CPRL because I refuse the vaccination, right? Like it, this is, this is how they go. Like it's, and, and these people, they're not bad people. I don't, I don't, they just, they, they just follow the, the type of people that like to live in a bubble and follow whatever is going on. They want to, they just want to get married and, watch TV and, and, and do whatever is going on. And it doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them part of the 80% of the population that follows the crowd. Mm-hmm. They will always do what the crowd is doing. Right. No matter it's what. See, it's hard to stand up. I mean, we look at all the doctors that have done exactly that. They lose business. They lose their license. They, have to uh, Charles Rixley lost his, his home. And I mean, just it's horror tragedy after tragedy. And, and, um, 
there's a reason that these other ones are still afraid to speak out, even though everything they see, they should be screaming from the rooftops, stop this now. They're not. And, and like at this point, they've got guilt and shame weighing on them because of what they've done to so many people. It's just a, it's a tragic situation. All right. Anything else, Mark? We're in the end times. No, I, I turned my mic off. I was just, yeah, I, I can talk for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to get but, to a rabbi here. A rabbi, uh, go ahead and unmute, sir, and let us know. Welcome back. Thank, thank you so much. You know, for almost 50 years, at least in the United States, there was a common motto, uh, specifically against uh, uh, within the abortion debate, but it really has a larger, um, a, a larger scale now is my body, my choice. And essentially, that was forgotten by a huge swath of uh, people around the world. Mm-hmm. I still live by that. I will continue living by that. Essentially, um, I think that it's ridiculous that many of these pharmaceutical companies uh, are that their their percentages of uh, of successful vaccines it's like twenty, twenty five, thirty percent. Until these reach ninety nine to a hundred percent. I will continue to be considered, I guess, someone who is uh, vaccine hesitant because honestly, uh, if you can't pass an exam with the amount of, uh, of uh, with the the, ver- uh, the the veracity of your um, of your vaccine, then I'm not willing to take it. If you need boosters, get out of here. I don't I don't want it until this thing works at least in the high 90s. When I was a kid, we didn't. Well, also, COVID only- is 99 percent survival rate. That's exactly right, too. Exactly. I'll take my chances. That's an excellent point. Uh, when I was a kid, we didn't use the term vaccines. We used immunization. And essentially, you were going to be immune. Like, you can't get it after you get this type of uh, shot, so to speak. Now it's vaccinations and boosters. And we didn't even have the term booster uh, before uh, COVID occurred. And now it's becoming uh, commonplace. And I'm afraid that, you know, the youth of today is going to think that, oh, we always needed boosters. Absolutely not. We had a one and done immunizations, if you even trusted those. The fact that this has been manipulated, the language has been manipulated. In 2010, you have the Rockefeller Foundation that puts out Operation Lockstep that basically plans this out a decade before it happens. It was no surprise to me. Anyone in the know knew something was going to come down. And really, I think the effects on society are, are much deeper. And we've discussed some of them. The fact that, um, you know, the mask wearing, uh, these these vaccine mandates, at no other time in, in in uh, at least American society, but I really would think human society, uh, civilization-wide, could you ever have an employer ask you such an invasive health question uh, or any health question at all? But all of a sudden, it became the, the norm where your boss could peer into your life and ask you very specific things about uh, what your uh, health status was. And maybe you had a reason not to take it, or maybe you had a reason to take 50 of them. Nevertheless, that was never the 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 uh, business of a private employer with its employees. But for one reason or another, everyone when began, uh, started to forget these split. things. So uh, essentially, um, all in all, I am still of my body, my choice. Until this vaccine has eight years of uh, clinical uh, trials, I'm going to be extremely skeptical in it. They can put it in a nose spray. They can put it in a pill. Until it has its normal trials, I am still going to be uh, absolutely hesitant. And then to conclude in the fact that somebody just brought up 
there's a 99% survival rate. Uh, there's a better chance that a car is going to hit me and kill me than this will. Uh, there's definitely a better chance that perhaps a shot would kill me uh, than this. And so I have no fear to it. Uh, I'll take my chances. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right. Appreciate it, sir. Brian, did, did you want to bring anything up? And I'll say this last part. They say the virus started from a factory in Wuhan from one building. Somehow it spread through the whole atmosphere of the whole earth. Like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it makes no sense. I'll say that. Like, I'll, yeah, it, the 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 official story is nonsense. Uh, how it was released, it's it's been circulating for a, a lot longer than they want us to believe. I think that's why the Asian data shows that and reflects that because they had already been exposed to this, and without all the hype and the um, rigging of the PCR tests and so forth, there was really no pandemic. And there, that's why also why I call I don't refer to it as a pandemic but a plandemic because that's what it was so all right thank you very much pandemic Uh, scandemic let's go to risk you've got your hand up go ahead and unmute appreciate you sir what's on your mind oh it's actually me i'm told i sound like Mickey mouse i apologize in advance (laughs) no worries go ahead i'm sorry oh no that's okay i actually um i was trying to patiently listen but um you you guys are inspired it's uh uh nice to to speak in your space and i actually was just kind of uh called i had a yearning um my friends were planning something and i'm about 40 40 minutes or so here and um i was like maybe i'll just go pop into a space where i don't know anybody and um it's really cool to find 30 other little twitter icons that um are talking about this so um so thoroughly um <laughs> it's um it's really really great and um if you were to go to uh to my my thread uh to meet you all um and if you were to go to my thread you'd see um that canada is doing um a national citizens inquiry are, okay. you, are any of you aware of i'm this? not why don't you tell us about no. it okay okay no, but we want to hear about this yeah, I'm not affiliated in any way. I just support them a lot. Um, uh, they have a boost community on here, and we're really trying to, to, to boost uh, what they're saying. They've been banned from YouTube and TikTok, so they're getting their, their freedom certifications on, uh, on the good fight. And uh, what they're doing is um, it's, a, it's a Canadian citizen-led um, a body of lawyers and um, professionals. And they're holding an inquiry that went went across Canada. Uh, it went from Truro, Nova Scotia, um, to Toronto, oh. and then Saskatoon. Uh, they went to Winnipeg, um, and then Red Deer here in Alberta, where I am. Um, they went to uh, Vancouver, um, and they're going to uh, Quebec, and then Ottawa, I believe. Um, is this is so- this the Rymark <laughs> Rymark Fuller? one that he was involved in early on or is this a different one i am not familiar with that name okay might be different yeah like the the pro i I love that they're doing that they're raising awareness they're getting people to see you know some of the deeper issues and uh documenting things and putting it out there 
the problem is always it's the establishment that holds the power and they're going to just dismiss it or ignore it for as long as they can. And the ultimate solution is enough of us are awake and aware of what's happening that they can't ignore it anymore and they have to act. And somehow we have to get there, whatever, you know, like I, I gave the example of the Quakers and bury the chains and the guy that parked his truck out plastered with stories of the vaccine injured. Uh, we, I've, there was one where the, at the BBC offices in the UK where they did the same thing with literally thousands of cases as people are walking by, they can see, we need to make it real for people so they understand. And the voices of the vaccine injured really have to be heard. And we've got to tell these stories uh, just tirelessly and endlessly until they can't deny it anymore. So, Hey, hey Sam, I, I have to pipe in. It's Mark. Um, okay. to, to, to the lady that was just talking, um, you, you just said that you're in, you're in Red Deer, Alberta? I'm in Calgary. I'm in Alberta. Okay. Um, my stepmother's my stepmother is in Alberta as well. She she's from actually from Fox Creek, and she's she's dealing with the wildfires that are out there, and she's been evacuated evacuated twice, and she's traveling around in a truck and a trailer. Um, are you are you in a evacuation zone? Not in Calgary, no. No, okay. It just I just wanted to put it out there that like if you are. Um, I know people in the area who are evacuating and have trucks, trailers, and supplies. And if you ever have to be evacuated, you can that contact can me. Okay. And it can help. That's amazing. Yeah, no, we're, uh, we're in the, the city. We're, I was looking at a map earlier, and it's just wild what's happening in my province. But we are uh, quite the safe distance right now. Okay. Okay, I, did, I, did, I didn't mean to derail the conversation, but I just had to put that out there because you said you're in Red Deer. Bye for now. Oh, no, that's okay. I just went, like, here in Alberta where I am. But, like, uh, they went to all the provinces. And um, also, uh, just to what uh, Green Knights and Sam was saying, um, there's... Um, the, you're so right. <laughs> um, there's a worldwide freedom protest happening on May 20th. Um, they have been big and small. I mean, we've had 10,000 people in our streets here in my city um, in in previous ones, and this is 12.0. So, I mean, they keep trying um, the activism, right? Like, I mean, there's there's so much to cover and you're, and you're, you're correct. So yeah. I, I just kind of was a little bored. Um, maybe, maybe your, your title is perfectly captivating or something, <laughs> but it's, it's really nice to, to meet you all. And, um, there's so much work to be done. There is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, you're dropping in here towards the end of this. Uh, what I did is went through a probably, uh, I don't even know what time it is right now, about a two hour presentation, uh, showing the, the Holocaust that happened in 1940s Europe and drew some parallels to what's happening today. And I think it's a pretty powerful, compelling presentation. And this is the spaces chat, but there's also uh, links to the video and so forth on my uh, homepage. It'll be the pen tweet for uh, the next week or so. Uh, I would encourage you to go watch that because I tied in a lot of sort of historical events that really paint a picture that 
this is not something that just happened by accident. There is a, a plan here, that, a, um, a narrative that's being pushed, and we're being sort of herded down a certain path to uh, to their benefit and not to ours. So, I think it's a it's a it's at least it's my way of kind of educating people and waking them up and getting them to see what's been done to us, so that we can at least acknowledge reality here. So, okay. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that I caught you guys right at the end. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely been something, and there's definitely a lot of um, uh, turmoil and uh, and loss right now. Um, even in addition to uh, to the vaccine, um, there's uh, for me it was uh, it was mandates, it was isolation that took people I loved. So yeah. I will definitely go back, and um, y'all have a. Have a great uh, rest of your whatever time it is where you are. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, uh, there's two more things. I want to finish up the last two minutes and let you guys hear, uh, going back to this uh, Provax Spaces chat here. There's a couple minutes left of that that I want to play for you guys to listen to. Uh, and then I think we'll probably wrap up there. So Less than 100 in the UK, less than 400 in the United States. These are supposed to vaccine one, deaths. Sweden, sorry. Yeah. 13, um, well, yeah. 30 and, in Sweden. And, and, and I by think the way, it's 15 in Australia. 14 or 15. Most of the deaths are not even mRNA vaccines. They're from the AstraZeneca vaccine, which, you know, again, we had that safety yeah. signal early on. And, um, no, most of the deaths are not being counted because people aren't attributing them. Doctors are gaslighting their patients because they don't want to believe what they've done. So obviously any death is tragic. And, and yep. by the way, that's not, sorry. go ahead. Uh, and I was going to say most of the deaths from vaccine as a result of vaccine were in 2021. Right. Not 2022 or 2023. Like well, obviously the last people have gotten vaccinated <laughs> since then too. But you, obviously, you know, there's not, not yeah. as many people getting vaccinated anymore because the vaccines have already worked. And people always say, well, you know, the, vac the vaccines must be a failure because they're not, they're not seeing high rates of boosters. Well, again, we've talked about this many times. The big So, Knuckle, this is the point you were making? The biggest benefit of the COVID vaccine was not to just have boosters every month continuously for the rest of your life. No, it's for that first infection, you know. Okay, if that's true, real truther, show me the public health official saying only get the booster if you haven't gotten COVID yet. They didn't do that because that point is an absolute lie. They are absolutely trying to put us on the mRNA treadmill. They're already rolling out the shots for myocarditis and cancers that are caused by the vaccines that they've already, by the gene therapies that they've already given us, trying to cover their tracks and is absolutely disgusting. And that first infection is when you're at the most risk, right? And so, you know, uh, I, I haven't mentioned this on the space though, but my, um, my parents who are the most vulnerable okay. of anyone so he I know, goes through his but, parents but they got COVID for the first time uh, or that they know of, I guess, you know, I'm assuming because they, they're, you know, they're testing all the time. Anytime I get a sniffle, they'll test. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was, I'm sure it was the first time. And uh, it was a little rough for my mom for a couple of days, high fever, but they recovered, didn't have to go to the doctor or seek hospitalization. They have, uh, of course they had, they're fully vaccinated with two boosters. Uh, I believe two, maybe three, I think two. Wait till they catch COVID again. In the coming months and then in the next flu season uh four total and uh and they're fully recovered and and, and doing well now so you know that was the last person people i knew in my sort of direct family direct circle who hadn't had COVID yet but certainly the ones i was most concerned about 
And so that's what that vaccine does. In that first infection where it could harm you the most, it, it, it lessens and decreases the severity of that. And that doesn't mean it's going to work in everyone. It doesn't mean people can't die if you get vaccinated. Obviously, it's not 100%. The measles vaccine ninety-seven means 3% of people are still going to get the measles, even if they're vaccinated. And that's like our best vaccine. But again, you know, people think that, you know, the vaccine has to be 100% safe or 100% effective to be safe or effective. That's not what safe and effective means. Thing is 100% safe. Nothing is 100% effective. Yeah. And, you know, people have died from, uh, from you know, airbags, seatbelts. Someone died from a whipped cream can once. Sadly, a fashion blogger blew up in her they face. They still haven't brought died. Kevin on yet. It's, it's a really tragic story. No, no, it's not something to laugh at. But what I'm saying is there's literally no. nothing you can point to that hasn't killed someone, right? And certainly a medical excuse intervention excuse. is never going to be 100% safe. But like we say all the time on the show, not vaccinating is also a decision that's not 100% safe. And you have to balance the risk. All right. Enough of that. So let's so so a lot of drama with Kevin. Let's bring him in. So there's the box that they built, and then whatever discussion you want to have inside of their box is perfectly okay with them. Of course, their box is a foundation of absolute bullshit, and none of them will step into the ring with me because I want to talk about the box. They don't want to admit that the box, that their foundation is rotten, corrupted, and not reliable. So there you go. All right, guys, I appreciate the, the uh, spaces discussion tonight. Thank you everyone that participated. Uh, um, yeah, we're in the midst of a Holocaust. I, I mean, and, and it's not, it's not that they're taking people out, lining them up and shooting them. They've, they've adapted. They found a better way, a more humane and just way as the, the, uh, World Council guy, or the, the I uh, forget what it is, talked about, you know, we got to get rid of 7 billion, 8 billion people, but let's do it humanely. And I think this is their solution. And the doctors have fallen in predictably because psychological pressure was applied, coercion was applied, people were bribed. I, I mean, it's just everywhere you look, absolute rotten corruption, and it is, it is disgusting, and it needs to come to light. People need to understand what's been done to them so that we're not like that um, author who was getting spit on 80 years later telling the truth about what her people, what her friends and neighbors did in the Holocaust. Because it's uh, if we don't fix it, it will just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. And they shouldn't be allowed to get away with this. We deserve better. There you go. I'm Sam Dotson. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We'll catch you all next broadcast. I live like a lion, I don't want to die a sheep You can't kill me for talking about genocide The body stops working but the spirit never dies I'm looking at this pandemic from a bird's eye The lying to the people, not for the first time I just want to see peace like the merch sign I tried DMT to open up my third day Talking about money and swag, that's not real rap How the real ones in the struggle gonna feel that Everybody's lost chase in the fake life Too busy on social media and FaceTime 
Just look at the way that we live our lives Wake up, get this money, then it's dinner time I love life, I could have died, but I'm still alive I'm still me without the clothes and the bimmer sign You could strip me naked, put me in a jungle No matter how much money I made, I stayed humble I had to grow up since eight, I've been an uncle I don't always see my nieces, but I love you Kids love technology, it's not right though I can't stand seeing youths on these iPhones Reese turned vegan, yeah that's my bro Ain't no dead animals allowed in my home We need to drop our egos and start showing love I feel sorry for the generations growing up With a bunch of fake people to look up to That's another soul that's gonna be a lost shoot I look around and I don't see no real men Just lost dads putting masks on their children That's why if I have a kid then I'ma raise him right I refuse to let some men in suits change my life All the stresses from the world is getting to my head It's all mad, would it be better if I was dead? But fuck that cause that's not the right attitude I'm grateful for life so I show gratitude Psychological war. That's why I have to wait, my people. 